0: Hello again wrestling fans, welcome to the first anniversary edition of the 20 by 20 crew. I am Joe, I am here with my anniversary mate Matt. How are you? Good. Good, What's going on brother? (laughs) (laughs) Small disclaimer here, we recorded this show almost an entire year ago. Yep. Almost. I, I'm, I'm going to bring up Chris Benoit here first. Okay. And and I'll, I'll make sense of all this. I, I promise I will. So I'm going to bring up Chris Benoit. And obviously, we are just wrestling fans. Yes. We are fans of Chris Benoit to this day, despite uh, his personal life choices that led to his the sealing of his fate so to speak and uh, much in a similar vein we are at one point or another have been fans of Hulk Hogan to some extent and we did this because a lot of you out there that listen to us are also or have been fans of Hulk Hogan it is very hard to deny the success of professional wrestling at some point in its existence Without mentioning the words Hulk Hogan, so we wanted to do this special anniversary episode, and this is also our first Super Show, and it's all about Hulk Hogan. But while we while we uh, are appreciative of his contributions to professional wrestling, uh, mostly, <laughs> we we do not condone uh, racism or any or anything of the sort, and. We we chose we chose him for his importance to sports entertainment and professional wrestling and not because he's a racist.
1: Yeah, I mean he, for me it's it's always gonna be one of those things that uh, obviously I'm as you go out to listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't been listening all year, I'm not a Hogan fan by any means. Uh, but that's not what this is about. You know, this was this was a very important episode for us to do because even myself I have to acknowledge the fact that he is a huge part of professional wrestling whether I like it or not I want to point this out you know again we don't we don't condone racism everybody is is, is included in everything that we do uh, whether we talk about it on, on on this podcast or we communicate with you on social media or in person uh, everybody is included and that's what makes professional wrestling great this is a melting pot of
0: you're, well, you're kind of right. The Jeff Jarrett, oh, Jeff Jarrett's not included. Sorry, folks.
1: <laughs> I tried, Jeff.
0: Go fuck yourself, Jeff.
1: I tried. <laughs> I really tried. Everybody, everybody but Jeff Jarrett is included. Thank in, you. In in this uh, in this wild in this wild ride that we call professional wrestling, we do not condone any of his actions or any of his words or any of his mannerisms toward the subject. Uh what we are talking about is simply Hulk Hogan, the entity of professional wrestling or sports entertainment. uh Everything else is as uh, completely on him, and that's just like with the what you mentioned earlier it's it's one of those things where we're it's okay to be a fan of somebody and not like the person that they are behind the scenes absolutely so with that. We hope that you enjoy this special episode, One Year in the Making, Episode 50, our one year anniversary. Uh, as always, support professional wrestling, support your crew, and enjoy the show.
0: Enjoy the show, folks.
2: People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. <laughs>
1: Wrestling fans, welcome to another episode of the twenty by twenty ring crew. I am your host as always, Matt, alongside with my partner in crime, the big man Joe. What's up? We got a special episode here as we are it's always special when we have Mr. Wrestling Six with us for another episode. And then we also have our good friend Paul here as we do our very first special debate episode as we talk about the famous or
0: Infamous. infamous Hulk Hogan. This is our first Super Show, and our topic of conversation here tonight is Hulk Hogan. And we're here with the one and only Darkside Paul of Darkside Studios. Darksidestudios.com, for those of you who don't know. Uh, How you doing, Paul? Hey, guys. What's going on? Uh, Hulk Hogan and uh, our buddy Paul here, kind of synonymous for all of us uh, here at the podcast, Uh, They go hand in hand, as long as I've known Paul, I've known him to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest, Hulk Hogan fan that I could ever come across in life. Agreed. The immortal one. The Mm -hmm. immortal one. Uh, Let's get right to it, shall we? Uh, We're talking about Hulk Hogan, uh, originally known as Terry Gene Balea. Born in Augusta, Georgia, August eleventh, nineteen fifty-three. He's going about six foot seven, give or take, you know, whatever his, his his shoot height is. He started off in professional wrestling, being trained by Hiro Matsuda, who back then took the the idea of getting into the business just like everybody else did, and pretty much tried to shun everybody who came his way for training. And he did this specifically with Hulk Hogan by breaking his leg. So that's how that's how he got into the business. He, he trained a little bit with Matsuda. Matsuda broke his leg to kind of uh, inhibit him from be being in the business. But he came back. He came back for more. And I guess you could say the rest is history. Uh, everybody should be pretty aware of who Hulk Hogan is, or at least what he's done for uh, professional wrestling and sports entertainment. He started off in the NWA and right away there's already going to be some controversy here. And hopefully you can clear some of this up, Paul. He's listed as actually winning the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship back in 1979 in Alabama. And the reason it's so controversial here is because uh, this was May 25th, 1979, in Dothan, Alabama. He pinned Harley Race to win the title. Now, that's one thing. But then the decision was voided when it was discovered that he threw Harley Race over the top rope during the match, which back then, again, for those of you who don't know, was an actual stipulation in the NWA. So the it got thrown out and voided, but, to make matters worse and complicate things, the NWA does not acknowledge the turnover. So, there, we have we have like a situation of where some of the, some of the NWA says Harley Race never won, uh, lost the belt, and then some say Hulk Hogan won the belt, if that makes sense. What do you know about it this? It does.
3: You, you actually just taught me
0: something. Holy Honestly, shit. you just taught me something. Because I,
3: I knew something about it, but I didn't... You, you taught me a little more than I, than, I, than I
0: knew about the NWA. Wow. So for all intents and purposes, he has been NWA World mm-hmm. Heavyweight Champion at least one time. Like actual NWA, pre-WCW. Technically. Technically. He would go on to win the NWA Southeastern Heavyweight title twice. Uh, his first reign only lasted a week back in June of 79. <laughs> he won it against Ox Baker via pin and then he lost it seven days later to Austin Idol and this also took place in Mobile, Alabama his second reign was kind of unaccounted for because of their poor record keeping at the time, he won it somewhere around October 31st Halloween of 1979 and they don't even know who his actual opponent was the rumor was that he was fighting Toru Tanaka but, again, it's just rumor at this point, because no one really knows for sure. Only, only Hulk Hogan would, would possibly know that. Uh, he did lose it, and, again, because of poor record-keeping, there the only information is it has to do with Ron Fuller and the date June 8th of 1980. So, th- there's no other information other than that. Teaching me more. So... Uh, he would go on and he would debut in the AWA back in April of 1982, April 18th, 1982. I'm sorry, that's his first heavyweight. Uh, I believe he was in the AWA in 1981, where he debuted uh, for working for Vern Gagne up north, Minnesota. What...
3: I don't think he ever won the AWA title. Though.
0: He did. He had, did he, he? He had two reigns. Are you sure? Yeah.
3: Yeah, you teach me more, see, now, Yeah, see you catch me in the middle of his AWA years. See that's that's when I start picking up more. So okay. after that, you know, I I'm kind of a crazy <laughs> Hogan monster. Uh he
0: he was actually in the WWF before he went yes. to AWA. About a year from nineteen seventy nine to nineteen eighty. He left the WWF at that time because he went to go film Rocky. Yes. And it, uh, Vince McMahon Sr. did not want him to do this and he decided he was going to do it anyway and that's what led him to not only leaving the company but also joining the AWA. So as soon as he was done with Rocky, Vern Gagne swooped him up and he became part of the, uh, the AWA excuse me, out there in Minnesota. Uh, he was in the AWA for two years, 1981 to 1983, and while he was there, he won the title twice, his first reign, again, was about a week. From April 18, 1982 to April 24th, 1982, he pinned Nick Bockwinkle for that title. And then he lost it uh, a week later after the AWA president, Stanley Blackburn, announced on television that he was returning the title to Bockwinkle on the grounds that Hogan had used a foreign object. Okay? And then he had a an, another title reign, which was one day, believe it or not, uh, again... Pinning Nick Bockwinkle at their Super Sunday show, and then he lost it the same day after Stanley Blackburn got involved again, disqualifying Hogan for throwing Nick Bockwinkle over the top rope. Although it was just one day, he did technically have two title runs in the A.W. I
1: think it's safe to say that professional
0: wrestling back then had really stupid rules on championships. Especially the NWA, uh, and, and the reason because the, the reason uh, the AWA had that same rule because back then they were loosely affiliated with the NWA, so that over the top rope disqualification was kind of universal throughout the territories. That much
1: I get. I just I don't like crowning a champion and then coming out the next day and hey you're not champion
0: anymore. <laughs> and, and and at this ca- on this case it was not even the the next day it was later that night yeah, so. That's- <laughs> Many years later, this would happen
2: between Chris Jericho and Triple H. Oh yeah, that's right. What was that like? Two thousand? Uh,
0: yeah, I want to say two. Yeah. The
2: summertime of two thousand.
0: That's fair to say. And yeah. the
2: Rockers and the Hard Foundation.
0: Oh, you're yeah. right.
3: Yes. Yep. Because uh, the top rope broke. Room. That's right. And they that's filmed right. it for Saturday Night's main event. It was a two out of three falls. Yep. And it's a horrible match.
0: And, the, and they, yeah, and they <laughs> horrible put, match. Horrible match. And they couldn't get the. Uh, they couldn't get another ring. No, yeah, they, they couldn't
3: even, get the top rope, and they couldn't do any of their moves.
4: <laughs>
0: there's <what>
3: the Heart <laughs> Foundation trying to do the heart attack, and he couldn't bounce off the ropes.
4: But if you, and there's
3: something else that's crazy about broken top ropes. Uh, if you watch Austin versus Yokozuna, the top rope broke when Yoko went to go and do his finisher. But if you ever watch Austin trying, he won't bounce off the ropes because they were gimmicking the the top rope to break. Okay. So you, and you see Austin, he's trying to, he keeps stepping back and he keeps going to go for a clothesline. <laughs> and he never hits the ropes and he's done like three times and it, and it looks really odd. But I think it was
0: SummerSlam of ninety six, ninety seven. I don't know for I don't sure. Know. I'd have it's to, something yeah, like that. Yeah, we'd have to check it out. Yeah, anyway, sorry. Um. No, you you're go. fine. Uh, Hogan would go on to work in New Japan Pro Wrestling for uh, roughly five years from 1980 to 1985. This was also during the time he was with the WWF. Obviously, but while he was there, he ended up fighting the likes of uh, Tatsumi, Tatsumi Fujinami, uh, Antonio Inoki. Out there, he f- his finisher was the Crooked Arm Lariat, which, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's just pretty much a pretty pretty hard, uh, stiff clothesline. clothesline. Yes. Uh, which is big in Japan. I never really understood that. It still is. So it still is too. today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And then, obviously, he has the running leg drop here in the States, always has. That was his his main finisher uh, here in the States. Uh, He also would wrestle Abdullah the Butcher, which uh, there's footage on YouTube. You can check that out. While he was there, he was often referred to as Ichiban, which translates to number one, I believe, uh, on his Pro Wrestling T-Store. He does have a couple Japanese T-shirts featuring Ichiban, at least on one of them. Uh, he appeared there May thirteenth of nineteen eighty, and again he was still under contract to the WWF, and he actually did defend the title there overseas while they had a working relationship. That ended in October of nineteen eighty-five, and while he was in the WWF, excuse me, probably the biggest uh, start to all of this was, if I'm not mistaken, the Madison Square Garden, January twenty-third, nineteen eighty-four. The match against the Iron Sheik, which actually, that was his first WWE championship, yeah. and, and mm-hmm. uh, essentially that's when Hulkamania was born. I find it interesting that, I hear two things, and this is something I want you to clear okay. up. So, you have uh, story number one, Bob Backlund at the time did not want to lose the championship to someone who had had no real, authentic wrestling background. In the in the eyes of Bob Backlund, he wasn't a wrestler's wrestler in the eyes of Bob Backlund, and because of that, Bob Backlund did not want him. He, he didn't want to, to drop the title directly to Hogan, so yeah. they set it up for the Iron Sheik to go and beat Backlund, which that's what happened. Sure, and then the Iron Sheik dropped it to Hogan. Not a
4: month or two later.
0: Yeah, you. it wasn't it r- r- roughly. Yeah, it was it was a short a short, was a short amount a of real time. Real rate. And then the other story I, I want to hear from you about is Hogan turning face by helping Bob Backlund uh, as the Wild Samoans were beating on him, and it was it, there was like no build up. There was it was just it kind of happened, and Bob Backlund basically turned him face with one sentence, and after <laughs> after. After he got beat up by the Wild Samoans, Hogan came in. He helped him out, and everybody was trying to figure out like, what the hell is he doing? Because he's a, he's a bad guy. And Bob Backlund basically said, he's here to help me, <laughs> and he promises that he won't have Blassie around ringside anymore. Yep. That was the whole. That was your whole story. That's how Hogan went from heel to face with one sentence or one, one you know one little interview. I think he shaved his chest too. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> he did. He had the big mushroom spot on his
4: chest. <laughs>
3: Sorry. No, That's you're fine. Awesome.
0: So, what can you tell me about those two things? Oh, if everything. Any, you need to know? I
3: guess. I mean, I pretty. Well, you pretty much summed it all up. I mean, there's not much more that I can add to that. Um,
0: I guess what I'm asking is, 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 as far as you know, are those two things true?
3: They are. They okay. are. Because I remember Blassie being his manager, and then it was out of the blue. I think Vince was just trying to to, to build Hogan up to be what he ended up becoming in the in the mid-'80s.
2: <laughs> but that's
3: where it all started. So, I mean, I, I really thought I had more to add to it. No, your you're pretty You pretty much se- you said it all there. But, I mean, once you get past that, I have, like, this monster plethora of, of inside stories and craziness and... I know Matt's sitting here wanting to punch me in his
0: eye. In <laughs> he just hates the Hulkster. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll no, get to go that. ahead. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so his his first WWF uh, title reign went from January 23rd of 1984 all the way to February 5th of 1988. Yes. Wow. Uh, one hell of a run. Again, he, he won it against the Iron Sheik in Madison Square Garden. He loses it in Indianapolis, Indiana against Andre the Giant.
3: On February the fifth, I don't know why I
0: remember this. That was the that wasn't was, it? Yeah, it was, that was that was yeah. the main event. The double
1: uh, referee.
0: Yes, Earl runner, Earl and Dave Hebner. And, yeah. Which <laughs> the, as a kid, the I, evil I, twins. The evil twins. Yeah. As a kid, I I remember seeing that, and oh my God, was I shocked as and well. I
3: cried. I know I was. I was eighteen years old. <laughs> 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 I cried. <laughs>
0: It was it was it was heart wrenching to see the beloved Hulk Hogan lose lose the title to to some bullshit like that. I mean even even as a kid I realized like man this should not be happening. So, even if he lost it to to Andre, that's
1: that's the hard. It, to well
0: it was it it wasn't that it, Andre that I mean I get
1: I get it it was a stupid, very stupid match. Very stupid it was, ending. He
0: was not even a fan. Right. Yeah. It 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 didn't bother me that he lost it to Andre, because, I mean, Andre is a giant, and you kind of immediately, that size has to play some sort of factor, but having the the switcheroo on the referees, yeah, I was like, man, I can't believe that happened. What's going to go on from here? So, uh, his second reign for the WWF as heavyweight champion happened from April 2nd, 1989, all the way through April 1st of 1990, the following year. He won it in Atlantic City at WrestleMania Five, where he pinned the Macho Man Randy Savage, and then he lost it in 1990 in Canada, Toronto, at the Skydome for <laughs> WrestleMania Six against the Ultimate Warrior, putting putting the Warrior over. Sad to say. Yeah. His third reign would happen March 24th, 1991 through November of 1991. So he won it in Los Angeles at WrestleMania 7 when he pinned Sgt. Slaughter, and then he lost it in uh, at Survivor Series of 1991 uh, against The Undertaker. His fourth reign for the, t- uh, for the company, December 3rd of 1991 through December 7th, only four days. That was the Tuesday in Texas uh, ordeal where he did pin The Undertaker, and then Jack Tunney decided to declare the title vacant due to the controversy of the last two title reigns caused by Ric Flair's interference in both matches. And so they vacated the title, and it was put up for grabs in the 1992 Royal Rumble. He would go on to win a fifth fifth title uh, for the company in Las Vegas at WrestleMania 9, and that's when he basically shit on Bret Hart (laughs) <laughs> As he pinned Yokozuna after after the match between Yokozuna and Bret Hart at WrestleMania, he would later lose it in on June 13th of 1993 in Dayton, Ohio at King of the Ring that year, where Yokozuna would pin Hulk Hogan. So five five titles, five title reigns in, in his uh, his span at the WWF at this point. Yes. Are you? St- I mean, obviously, you're still a fan to this day, but. How how much of a fan at this point after his fifth title reign are you still super into the Hulkster?
3: Well, the only time I fell off of the Hulkster was when he was in when he first started in WCW, and that, I only fell off for a short time. I was I was never really a huge fan of the of the black and white, you know the
0: the NW Hollywood Hogan and
3: Hollywood Hogan, and then you know when I came back around. I mean I I wouldn't say I hated him. I just I wasn't a monster fan, you know, I was super fan all through the, you know, the late 80s and even even when he was fighting Yokozuna, but uh, it kind of fell off after that when he went over to WCW and then, you know, came back around, but I think more of, even when he came back around, when NWO came into WWE and then, you know, the red and yellow, yellow came back, yeah, it be it actually got bigger and better. I guess as you get older you, you tend to appreciate things that, that kind of defined you as when you're younger. And that's why it became it became not just like fun and admiration. I mean I, I, I there's a lot of things that, that made Hogan made me like Hogan even more. Made me wanna be like Hulk Hogan, right, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> wanted to have the 24 inch arms, and you know how, how close am I going to get to that? Nah, not. but I wanted to be you know this you see that he became a superhero, going back to '87 when I watched him fight Randy Savage at the horizon, and Mr. T is the referee, um, you see all the guys get in the ring, and then Hogan came down. I may never see Christopher Reeve walk by me in the Superman suit, obviously. Sorry, Chris. Chris, God bless you. (laughs) But I got to see Hulk Hogan get up on the apron at 302 pounds and just this giant guy. He was was what Superman was as a kid. He was a big superhero. Um, When I met him, I watched the red and yellow walk by me. And this goes back four years ago. And, you know, you see him walk by you and, you know, you realize there's your superhero in, you know, and I'm in my late 40s now. I'm probably 45 when I met him. And it was still as important to me meeting him that day. And, I mean, a lot of people won't get the chance to meet Hulk Hogan. I did. I shook his hand. we We had a picture taken together. And it was... Up to next to meeting my you know my children on the first day they were born, I wouldn't say my wife to marrying the woman, but <laughs> Hulk Hogan was more important. He's, he's Meeting up there. Hulk Hogan, yeah, he's up there. So anyway,
0: I just how how did you how did you become to be a fan of Hulk Hogan originally? Uh, it goes back to it had to be like
3: the the early first Saturday nights main Men Events. You know, I, I heard you guys talk about this in in uh, other episodes. Mm-hmm and it was the same kind of thing you know you saw him against the the real american against the the russians and even the iron sheik and it was that kind of thing that that you know draw it threw everybody in so that that's where it all started for me i was a little bit of a fan earlier my brother was watching you know world class and you know i thought he was kind of you watch a my big fat brother jump up and try to do a drop kick, and my other brother—that was, <laughs> 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 was the day the Bears won the Super Bowl in '85. <laughs> he jumped up, and then my my brother. My other brother grabbed my brother Joe by the nuts and he wouldn't let him go. Because oh. they were fighting.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so yeah, he grabbed him by his nuts and his in his uh, package and wouldn't let him go because Joe was beating the hell out of him. Wow. So yeah, that's... To <laughs> <laughs> watch a guy dropkick another guy right in front of you, it's kind of funny, but especially you didn't want to even know what the hell he was doing. <laughs> I drop kicked people.
0: Did did you happen to ask him what you're going to do, brother? Uh, I did that once, and he punched
3: me in the (laughs) mouth.
0: You know, I did the old
3: Hulk up on him, and it didn't go too well. (laughs) Let's just say I I put my tongue through a hole in my lip after that. Oh, good Thanks, Joe. I hate you. (laughs) <laughs> but that's that's my Hogan. Happy yeah. birthday! Yeah, happy yeah. <laughs> <After> Joe. <laughs> but no, honestly, that's, that's where it all starts.
0: So there's two reasons we have you on on the show sure. uh, for this episode. One, we know you're a huge Hogan fan, and this is a Hogan Super Show. And two, we really wanted you to be a part of our first episode after the fact. Because it it ended up becoming this centralized around one question: If you were not born during the epitome of of Hulkamania, okay. at the height of it, would you still be able to be a, a huge Hogan fan? And and it w- that all started uh, with Matt here, because Matt is uh, the younger younger of the bunch here. And he didn't grow up with the, the red and yellow per se, sure. and so that, that that was a really interesting question for us to address because I that's something you really don't think of, especially talking to Matt. Like he's he's just one of us. He's he's sure. he's our he's sure. our little brother, and you don't you don't necessarily you know he's 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 much more mature than his age, so you don't automatically think. A, that there's this <laughs> this age discretion, this age gap. so no, I understand. but I understand. It, it it was a really eye-opening episode for myself because I had to sit there and think, like, holy shit, would I have been? Would I have not have been? I still think I would have I, I think, again, like I said on episode one, he was just this 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 thing, this thing that happened, this phenomenon that you couldn't avoid. It, 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 he he stretched all over different parts of pop culture at the time. Sure. It made it really hard for you to ignore who Hulk Hogan was because even if you didn't watch wrestling, even if you didn't pay attention to any of that, you've still seen him in Rocky. He was still on talk shows. He was still out there on MTV with Cindy Lauper and he was he he was uh, available in multiple avenues of media all at once. And so, even if you weren't a fan. It was was still pretty fucking hard to avoid Hulk Hogan back in the 80s. Or appreciate it. Or appreciate
3: it. And here's what I'm going to compare it to. This is very important. And I'm not a big Beatles fan at all. I appreciate the Beatles and what they've done. And everyone that they inspired. And you can't really name a lot of music artists down different avenues of, of different types of genres of music that the Beatles did not inspire. It's very true. Everyone after the Beatles, pretty much, I mean, you got almost into the 90%, the Beatles inspired them in some sort
0: of way. Yeah, there's some sort of Some sort of connection. Mm -hmm.
3: Even if it's a hair. That's the same thing with Hulk Hogan. Anything after Hulk Hogan, at some point, there was some either inspiration or they fed off of Hulk Hogan. And, I mean, Hulk Hogan, and this is words out of Bobby Heenan, which I, I've met Bobby Heenan, highest respect in the world for the guy. Because, Bobby Heenan, go read two of go read his books. Great books. And they let you on in the inside. He made the comment. He's met in, in shoot interviews in his books. Hulk Hogan is the biggest thing that ever came out of pro wrestling. It always will be. And, that, and he said, I watched him come up. He was in wrestling long before he was the first time I met him. I knew he was going to be something special. Just by looking at it. At some point, somehow, almost all of wrestling today is inspired from... Because Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon brought pro wrestling out of the carnivals, out of the bingo halls, and the high school gyms. And put in these big arenas. And if you look at it from all aspects of that, you can say that Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat... Piper and Adrian Adonis all helped sell out the Silverdome, the 93,000 people. But there were two names that sold out the Silverdome that day. And that was Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. Even if he would have lost, it still would have been just as big. Now, you can go in the history of WrestleMania, and I was just talking about this earlier. You go in the history of WrestleMania, there's only been one WrestleMania where Vince McMahon said, when the main event is on, at the end of this night, Anyone who leaves this stadium before the main event is over you don't have a job tomorrow and that was Wrestlemania 3 Hogan and Andre He said I want you to see what this business is made of and this is these two guys so Hulk Hogan I Talk very passionately about Hulk Hogan. I Know some people will never understand it. I appreciate Matt I truly do appreciate but if I can even let you look in the window of seeing where I'm coming from when this, biz, what, what, what Hulk Hogan is inspired in my, and just, just in me. I, I, but I think about this. I really think about this a lot and what is inspired with me and how everything, I mean, just, I know, I know you've got all your bad stuff that's happened in the last, how many years that goes down the line for everyone. I mean, you can, you can talk about every person that's, that's kind of fallen and then come back. It happens with pretty much all of them. But Hulk Hogan has, I honestly, he's the reason I, I lift weights today. He's the reason why I do so many different things. But to appreciate what he's done, what he's done for the, the wrestling business, pop culture, there's, and I, I, I appreciate the, that you you see and that you weren't in the middle of all that and you didn't see it come up. I appreciate that, and I respect that, because there's different things like like I go back to the Beatles thing. I was never a Beatles fan. I'm not a big Beatles fan at all. But everybody who knows me, I, I know you guys think I'm funny. You know, <laughs> my biggest my I love I love Phil Collins. Phil Collins. I, I actually started looking like the damn guy. He
0: he is a huge Phil Collins. Okay, fan, Okay,
3: monster so. Phil Collins fan, just as much as as Hulk Hogan, right? But I started playing drums because of Phil Collins. Okay. Bill Collins said that the Beatles inspired him, and Paul McCartney and John Lennon inspired him his whole career. So there's there's not a lot of wrestlers, and I, I'm I'm willing to challenge most people on that can't say that Hulk Hogan didn't help them, or even just his being there and building it up to being this this monster world of WWF and World Wrestling Entertainment. There's not a lot of guys, and I mean I've I've met a lot of these guys, and a lot of the guys have said it. Without Hulk Hogan, do you look at Ric Flair, Bobby Heenan? Ric Flair said the biggest thing that ever came out of wrestling was Hulk Hogan. He, but he's also said Hulk has damaged the business at times too, that he killed TNA, you know, and, and he's even he's even gone to the point where he said w, WCW was killed by Hulk Hogan. I don't think he thinks about that now, but I know I'm just rambling now. But
1: all right, so I've been kind of listening to the history there's some things i i learned too and this is my first time listening to you Mm -hmm. and man i mean it's it's very passionate and that's that's awesome that's what that's what i love about this business me too and if you remember from episode one I, i i started watching wrestling in the mid 90s and by this point hulk hogan was just about to make that turn to the nwo when i took my teeth in the wrestling, I just, I had to, I had to know more, I wanted to know everything there is to know about, about pro wrestling, and I'd watch tapes at the tapes at the tapes pre-internet, uh, well, I mean, I came from a poor family, so I didn't have internet, so tapes, tapes and wrestling magazines, and just anything I could get my hands on, and I watched this guy, Hulk Hogan, compete, and I was never impressed by the quality of matches, but I I knew from the first time that I saw him in that red and yellow that that crowd was eating everything he was saying up. Sure. And that's the definition of being over. We we've talked about it on the show so many times. That's that's over. You can't get any more over than than, than Hulkamania and and Hogan. And I would never I, I would be I wouldn't be a wrestling fan if I were to sit here and try to debate what he means to professional wrestling. That's never been my my thing. Sure. Uh, Hulk Hogan is a huge foundation of what professional wrestling is. Then, now, and forever. If I were to take a quote from WWE, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, if you had to make a route uh, a Mount Rushmore of, of pro wrestling, I probably wouldn't like it. But his face should be on me Sure. And it's it's not about likes and don't likes. It's in that sense, you know, you may not be the biggest. I'm not saying you and anyone here may not be the biggest Randy Savage fan where I am, but it's it's not about that. It's apples and oranges at that point. It's sure. it's, it's, it's about talking about what he did for, for for the industry, and there's no doubt about that he was given a great opportunity to excel the business and he did it. Tenfold. My thing, my my biggest issue with Hogan has always been that that was never seen to be enough. For him. And we'll, we'll talk about that in, in more detail here, but it's, it, it, it's so many examples and so many times where it was it was Hogan, 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 and everybody else that was putting in the work too, kind of got the scraps of what was left over. I, I I wholeheartedly agree that Hogan and Andre sold WrestleMania three. There's no doubt about it. But reason why after all these years we talk about Savage versus Steamboat because those were the workhorses. True. Man. The the Hogan Andre match was build up and in an okay match that mm-hmm. day and so much well. of it had to do with Andre being hurt sure and no, I agree not you. wanting to do the, the match you know pretty much just doing the favor doing the job if you will but at some point the the workers the guys that are that are are putting it in 100% not that Hogan wasn't but putting it in at some point should they get a piece of the pie as well that's what we see in the industry today sure We talk about guys like Kenny Omega, or we talk about guys like—I mean, even even somebody like uh, guys in WWE, top guys in WWE, with the exception of Brock Lesnar. But like, let's look at a guy like AJ Styles. He'd be the first guy to get somebody over. Sure, and and that to me is what makes wrestling so great. It's about prolonging the business in the sense of if I get this guy over then the business that I helped create is that much stronger. Because let's face facts, Hulk Hogan or Terry Balea is like everyone else here, is human and he has a time clock. His mm-hmm. career has a time clock. And shouldn't you start at the peak of your career when your name means something? To start getting those guys over, like, i.e. I e upright heart, which we'll go in more detail later. Sure. I that's my that was always my biggest issue is why why can't Hogan take... Even if he took a bigger piece, he didn't have to take the whole goddamn pie. You know? <laughs> pet, pet. I have a response you, but please finish. <laughs> but it's like, it, 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 that, was, that was always my biggest issue. As I watched it, it was... You look at, a, at an egomaniac like Ric Flair, and even Ric Flair got guys over. He did. It, even even at his peak. Even guys who I felt, even after, you know, obviously I wasn't around at the time, didn't necessarily deserve to be put over. No, like a Lex Luger, in my opinion. Luger at <laughs>
4: all,
1: but I, that's that was that was my biggest issue, and I, I'm i look forward to to the rebuttals here because I, I, you know, I would love to to know what I'm missing here. Maybe I'm missing something. I actually have
3: answers for you. You're actually, <laughs> I, have I mean, very good ones. That's honestly. great. That's great. Because I'm, I'm very, I'm I'm excited to be able to tell you these things because I know these
0: things. Really quick before, um, before, before we go into that. There's there's one thing I think you're definitely missing, and that I I still have a, a hard time swallowing this pill. Okay. But essentially, what we're doing now is we're splitting hairs. So it's all wrestling to us.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, <laughs> it's all wrestling to us. But you have to go back to before Hulkamania, while he was on his rise, while he was making his way through New Japan and AWA places like that. Everybody saw something special in him, but it wasn't as a wrestler. It was for entertainment. They realized, hey, this guy is going to be something big. He might not be able to work like everybody else, but he's there's something special about him. You can't deny it. And uh, I, I've heard I've heard multiple people in multiple interviews talk about this, where if they were at a territory, like. Bruce Prichard when he was with the Houston Wrestling, Harley Race, Mm
4: -hmm.
0: um, people like that, a a wide range of of professional wrestling um, personas, will sit there and tell you, or have have said in in the past, that they thought this was, he was just a flash in the pan, like yeah, he was going to be big, but it wasn't going to be a long time, like he was just the next guy to come in, do his thing, and then he'd be done with. And it would it would be back to um, him traveling from territory to territory like everybody else. They never saw this or Hulkamania coming. They never expected any of this. But again, even then, w- whether you agree with those people or you don't, they all have one common uh, point of view, and that is Hulk Hogan was not a wrestler's wrestler. He was he was just like what what we now know as a sports entertainment, and I think that's the big difference here and again I also have that I have a hard time swallowing that pill because if it were me I wholeheartedly agree with you the Macho Man Randy Savages and the Ricky Steamboats of the world would, would still be a lot more highly regarded than Hulk Hogan but such is not the case because when he did escalate uh his, his his rise to superstardom it wasn't as your traditional professional wrestler it was as a sports entertainer and it was something that we didn't understand at the time i definitely didn't understand at the time because he's in a wrestling ring he's a wrestler right until you know if until you until you know any better as as Rick Rude kisses at me um, during summerslam what 92 uh, 89 89 I'm sorry um But yeah, that that's what it is. I think for for most people that that they miss that they, and there's there's not a whole lot of understanding um, from from what I understand. But what a lot of people don't hear
3: a lot of honestly, a lot, what people don't hear is that Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan, Vince put Hogan up as his main spokesperson, his headlining guy. And they had to crap in everyone's backyard. NWA, Kansas City, you know, Florida. They they crapped on everyone's territory. So that they could make WWF like this big iconic thing. And it really wasn't in Vince McMahon's mind, he didn't want Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. All he wanted was the WWF. He wanted the World Wrestling Federation be the I mean, because years ago it was, tonight it's uh, Roddy Piper against Adrian Adonis, and you know, those guys sold those shows out. Vince's main idea was that he wanted the WWF to be the main name, they were coming in town, you were going to see a great show. Didn't matter who was on the card, but you were going to see a good show. Hogan was the number one guy, he was the guy that was standing in the place, if you look at interviews with Harley Race, Harley Race went after Hogan, he was Pissed, and he didn't want Vince and Hogan to crap in his backyard. He, co- he even talks about how it cost him millions of dollars because it, he had to close Kansas City down.
0: I was actually talking to my daughter about this earlier today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there's a story out there, and it, it actually got confirmed by not only Ric Flair but also Hulk Hogan and Harley Race. Um, so the WWF came into the Kansas City, City territory to run a show. And they ran. They were running the show at a bigger venue that Harley Race was running his shows, which automatically pissed Harley off. You're taking money out of his his pocket. So what did he do? He sent someone in there to burn their ring, and they burned the ring. Well, what did they do? They came back and put another ring up. So he got pissed. Found out that they had a new ring and that the show was still going on. So what does Harley do? What Harley usually does. <laughs> The the no-nonsense old schooler went and grabbed his pistol, and went to the venue, and immediately went looking for Hulk Hogan. And he got in the building and just so happened to confront Hulk Hogan right after he was done taking a shit. He was in the middle of it. He was in the middle of it. So he (laughs) He didn't wipe his butt. He goes into the stall and. Starts accosting him You know He opens the door And there it is He's got a gun to his gut And he's threatening him Like get the fuck Out of my territory So That's But they There's a part <laughs> Of the end of that
3: That you know They end up shaking hands And Harley leans Into Hogan And says You think You can get me a job here <laughs> It's
0: yeah. true It's very very true Well because Harley Harley knew as, as Again A hard pill to swallow As much as he Didn't like the idea Of them coming in his territory he knew that there was money to be made and let's face it that's what harley wanted so was he losing money yes but there was always the potential to make more money
3: here's here's my response to Mm. this this very what i'm what i'm getting at is with with hulk hogan and the under guys if you look at a lot of those under guys and most of the under guys they if they didn't either want to work with Hogan they wanted to be on the same card as Hogan because that's where all the money was now the workhorses if you look at at some of the top guys like Steamboat which I have more respect for Steamboat than just about any wrestler out there because Steamboat said one of his hardest things he ever did was wrestle Randy Savage at Wrestlemania 3 because i had to go down and we had to have everything written down on a yellow pad i remember that Yeah. everything written down and we had to act it out for weeks he said i'm you know i'm down in florida and we've got a ring in in randy savage's backyard and we're acting out the whole match now steamboat he he wanted to go and work and not have to do that kind of thing and he didn't want to have to work under hulk hogan so he, went and he went to NWA and, what, a couple weeks after, maybe a couple months after, he was NWA champion because he was fighting Flair. And some of the best matches, those guys would go in that ring and they'd call it. There was no acting it out. There was, they would just call the match. Almost every one of those guys, and we can go down the line from Stud to Bundy, to even Piper, Orndorf. all those guys could have left they all wanted to be there because that's where all the money was being made. And if you listen to Orndorff and if you listen to Bundy and if you listen to these interviews and you go through these shoot interviews, I mean, they're some great interviews. Even Piper will say, you know, Hogan he had never pinned me in the 80s. He had never pinned me once. I wouldn't let him pin me. And, you know, they talk about that. But it's what, what I get at is, most of those guys all wanted to be there. Because that's where all the cash was. Does that does that make it feel better that that, you know, these guys were the workhorses and that Hogan was was headlining the shows and he was the big guy? And if you look at some even listen to Shawn Michaels talk about it. Shawn Michaels will say Hogan would go on fourth. He'd be at the hotel. And, you know, we'd go on last, and it was the Rockers against Conquistadors Because, you know, Hogan didn't want to finish the show. He didn't want to sit around all day. But then you go on the other side of it, and Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan would wrestle three times on a Saturday and a Sunday. They'd start out in New York, and they'd finish their match. They'd have an afternoon show. And they would go on to wrestle, say, Chicago or in Iowa two, three hours later... And they were on an airplane again, and they fly to California, and two, three hours later, they were wrestling a third time, and doing the same match over and over again. Between, behind Hogan, Randy Savage is uh, is a huge number two with me. Savage, no one could do a better Savage than me when I was younger. So, <laughs> no, I was I was the biggest Savage, and my buddies and I used to sit and you know I'd do Randy Savage, and we just talk about the you know. You know the, the the most famous line out of Savage when it came down to Steamboat was you know the same fire that the dragon breathes he will burn by. That was that Randy Savage was important to me, and I mean I I at almost forty eight years old I can watch WrestleMania four, and I know you know they built it up so that Hogan didn't lose his. I know he maybe should have stayed out of the ring and not you know, hit, DiBiase with the chair, but. It was all about, everybody was trying to keep their spot. And you know what? And, and I just heard Hogan talk about this on um, Ric Flair's podcast. He goes, did I play politics? you damn right I did, because I could. And I, you know what? Everyone else would have. Everyone would have. Every, every wrestler would have. If that was an option for them, they would have.
0: I'm glad you bring up Macho Man here. Uh, Matt and I, before we started recording this episode, we were talking about... Whether or not the Macho Man ever pinned Hogan, do you know if if that ever happened? Because we couldn't find any information on this. Yeah, according to us, it doesn't... I don't think
3: happen. so. I really don't think
1: so. I... I, I my... My uh, research has been pinfall... Or not pinfall, excuse me. Uh, DQs and countouts maybe, but a lot of a lot of unclean finishes that went Macho's way. But no, finish, no it, clean. I was
0: explaining to Matt uh, from what I understand everything that I know about Macho Man he always took the attitude as if it's going to work and get the situation over or the angle over we'll do that. At least in the WWF he at, at this point. Mm-hmm. Rather than getting what I necessarily want. So to me that makes sense that that probably didn't happen. Especially if Hogan was like, hey, I'm the biggest thing going. We should probably just roll with this punch, so to speak. Sure. Does that make sure. sense? No, it makes total sense. Okay.
1: Well, let me ask this question. Sure. Uh, I'm curious. Macho Man, if, if he gets the push that Hogan got, does that work? Instead of Hogan. Instead of Hogan. And we, we kind of briefly talked about that in episode one, but uh, in detail, can Macho Man work he'd be the most overseeing yeah does does it
0: does it become Hulkamania with Macho Man or would he be able to sustain it yeah well or does it become Hulkamania but with Macho Man or does it become uh, just a an amplified NWA I I honestly think
3: there were a lot of things with Hogan were Hogan's size was very important Savage if you really think about it Savage wasn't a tall guy if you ever watched him he's he walked on his tiptoes a lot
1: mm-hmm. yeah he did
3: okay he was not a very big guy he was what 240 maybe that is heaviest yeah except so. for when he went to wcw yeah. you know he was <laughs> juicing heavily i mean when he was in spider-man yeah. i mean he looked great I, jesus but um i mean it he, he, he would be close but i don't i honestly it has a lot to do with all the factors you what you had was it's almost like as if disney got behind dark side studio my my mask company if disney got behind me i'd be a freight train vince mcmahon got behind hulk hogan he just did and he said go you know he said here is this freight train that's bigger than any freight train in the world this is the concord you know the double concord get behind the wheel and drive it you're driving i'm behind you i'm putting the gas in there i'm putting the guys with you you go and and i believe that's Solely. But I, I think it had a lot to do with, with size, uh, the charisma. Savage had monster charisma. But also, you gotta think about something with Savage. Savage had charisma. But after he brought Elizabeth in. It was very important. Elizabeth was something big that really contributed to his character. And if you think about it and you go before that, he was, I wouldn't say he was a so-so, and you might disagree with me. I mean, Savage could wrestle, but even even if you listen to uh, Ric Flair talk about it, you listen to Hulk Hogan talk about it, and the first time they brought Elizabeth in to WWF, Elizabeth was standing there in the corner. She was just his wife, and there was no, you know, uh, she wasn't uh, the valet or anything yet. And Hogan and Vince were sitting there going, you bring her in there, and I guarantee you she's going to be a a big push for Randy, because Randy walked in and he, you know, he was just one of the other guys. And I mean, it's not it's not a knock on Savage, because Savage, there's a lot of respect for Savage from honestly. There's a huge, you know, there's one guy that I just totally hate, and I'm getting off subject here, but I hate the Warrior.
4: <laughs> I love the
3: Warrior when he was there, but I saw the Warrior for what he was years later. And how he talked about Bobby Heenan, how, you know, he had cancer and, you know, he couldn't wait for him to eat him alive. So I broke off of that, but getting back to the Randy Savage thing, Randy Savage was was a beast. But I think by adding Elizabeth, it contributed to his character inside out.
0: I don't doubt that for a second because... That would kind of be the pattern for the rest of his career. And okay. and a lot of it had to do with, obviously, having a valet all those years. I mean, you get used to something like that. But uh, some of it was his his lack of self-esteem sometimes. Sure. Where, sure. where he just thought he needed uh, a female valet with him. So you have Gorgeous George. You have, um, that obviously, yeah. The Molly. Sherry, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Whatever she was at the yeah, time. So you, Miss you, Madness? Yeah, you have, a, you have a host of female valets that go along with Macho Man over the years, but, yeah, that makes total sense to me. In, in, I, I don't doubt that
3: one. It doesn't knock his, his ability no, in the no, ring. No. I mean, good God, if you look at his ability in the ring, Savage was, was fun to watch. He really was fun to watch. I liked watching him wrestle Andre the Giant. Loved to watch him wrestle Andre. At one point, we were in the we were at Horizon, and... and uh, uh, Andre stole Elizabeth's shoe, and we all were screaming. He ate her shoe, and and you should have heard the people around us were screaming and laughing. They're like, "Oh my God, Andre ate her shoe! He didn't <laughs> eat her shoe. Shut <laughs> up! We're just messing around." But you know, then they, you know, that's what was fun about going to live events. But uh, you were you were at uh, with with Rock and Hogan when they first uh, you were you were in the
4: mm-hmm. arena.
3: The the charisma. In the room, in that in that arena that night, if you think about that, and you even go back to again, you can you can go we'll get back to the Hogan thing. I've heard other wrestlers say that Hogan and Rock was one of the biggest matches in wrestling history because there's not a lot of guys that could have pulled off that match because they switched roles right at the beginning, and there's not a lot of wrestlers that could have went and just changed directions like they did. So that, that, honestly, to me, is, is that's another mark on, on Hogan's back because he, he had the ability to do it. And it wasn't, that wasn't just somebody that could get in there and make that up as they went along. They were just following the crowd. And the crowd wanted a certain thing, but not a lot of wrestlers could have pulled that off the way those two did.
0: Yeah, I, I could tell you that right now Going back to the Royal Rumble from this year Where the crowd in Philadelphia Were <laughs> were, yeah. were all about Shinsuke Nakamura, And, you know, obviously John Cena was like You know, this is, this is what the crowd wants We'll do it But it did not really go over as well as it should have And I, I think that speaks volumes to, In comparison to Rock and Hogan Amen So, yeah, definitely makes sense to me We're going to take a short break and pay some bills, and stay tuned. We'll be right back. This episode of the 20 by 20 crew is sponsored by Amazon Prime. Sign up for a free 30-day trial, and you get instant access to thousands of movies and television episodes you get to borrow kindle ebooks you also get unlimited free two-day shipping with no minimum mortar size you don't have to purchase you can cancel anytime and still show the 20 by 20 crew some love you can sign up for amazon prime through the 20 by 20 crew by visiting our website at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash amazon thank you for listening thank you for all the support and now let's get back to the show yeah, we are back from from paying some bills here. We're here talking about Hulk Hogan, anything and everything to do with Hulk Hogan during our Hulk Hogan Super Show, along with uh, Mister Wrestling Six and the one and only Darkside Paul from Darkside Studios, Darksidestudios.com, If if you are not familiar, please go check out the site, buy some high quality masks. What can I say? They're they're awesome. Um, everybody doing okay? Amen. And uh, before, we, before uh, we left off, as we look at the <laughs> unibrowed Zeus on the screen during SummerSlam 89, we were talking about Macho Man Randy Savage and whether or not he could basically take over the reins of of the Hulk, Hulkamania era and still be as successful. I'm here to know from, from your answers, it was uh,
1: probably... Not potentials there, but uh, looking back at it and, and seeing the the insertion of, of Miss Elizabeth, it, it, it totally makes sense that maybe even behind the scenes with the insecurities that Randy Savage had throughout his career, maybe not, maybe not carry a load like a Hulkamania. The uh, the
0: the the whole attitude of. A wrestler's wrestler is something I, I always I always love to this day. No matter what I'm watching, whether it be WWE or Ring of Honor or New Japan, I always love that. I'm I'm a I'm a wrestling purist. I love watching wrestlers wrestle. I would rather not watch sports entertainment at this point. But I think that it would I, I think it would it, it would not have been as big with Macho Man at the helm of of that product. Don't get me wrong, I think he would have went over well with the MTV crowd, because uh, he was out there, yeah. let's face it, but I, I don't think he necessarily had the same type of charisma that would have needed to be personified out there like Hulk Hogan had. And so, it, in my opinion, if it were to go that route and Macho Man was in place of Hulk Hogan at the time, would the would the uh, product have been bigger? than it was yes but not as big as it was with hulk hogan and i actually would have loved to have seen that because i think uh for lack of a better uh comparison i think it would have been like an amplified nwa i'm a huge fan of the old nwa territories and going around and working from place to place and but uh, being under one organizational banner so to speak i think it would have been that on steroids
1: I think it's important to to mm-hmm. acknowledge the fact too <clears throat> that for for Hulkamania to work, you needed the the ultimate good guy, the what would we call a Boy Scout nowadays in today's wrestling mm-hmm. world. Uh, and I don't think Savage the character just didn't it it didn't uh, it didn't ooze good guy all the time. And I mean, and I'm I'm just talking just his mannerisms. I'm not talking about the actual character that we saw on screen, but if we're fantasy booking here, I don't know if if that would would roll over the way that Hulk Hogan would have, because Hulk Hogan had the message of saying your prayers and eating your vitamins and all that other stuff, and I don't know if that goes over with Randy Savage and his mannerisms, I just don't think it works.
0: You know what, though? I, I don't think that really makes much of a difference because essentially what you're saying Hulk Hogan is doing is just becoming like the ultimate babyface. I think that can be achieved by anybody with with the proper effort. And if anybody was close to doing it, it would have been Macho Man. I mean, he definitely had all the other tools. Uh, you just had to kind of push him along and, and maybe change a few things about him. But I think he was more than capable of being like a super, super babyface. I don't think that that's out of his range. I do. Do you?
3: Honestly, because I think I think that Savage was kind of a lifetime bad guy. He just he had on. the perfect bad guy. Don't get
0: me wrong; I think mm-hmm. he makes an excellent heel. I I would prefer him work heel, but I'm not. I'm what I'm saying is I think he could he could definitely turn babyface if needed. But did you see what it took to turn him babyface? As long as he's And able it wasn't to, Hogan. No, but I'm saying as long as he's able to do it. There's guys out there that just can't do it for the fucking life of them. Sure, sure. And if you really think about it, it really wasn't all Hogan.
3: It wasn't all Hogan. It was it was Honky mm-hmm. Tonk Man and the Heart Foundation that kinda turned him face and he was turning more of a good guy. Mm-hmm. And then it you know, Hogan came in and, and kind of for the lack of words, kind of through his here we go, angel powder on him, if
0: you will. <laughs> Hogan dust. Hulk dust. Hogan Is dust.
3: Yeah, Hulk dust. <laughs>
0: you
3: know, but it, and but you notice then it, it like shot him up into the atmosphere well, right the,
0: after that. Anything and everything that that Hogan was associated with again drew money and and got that. that and they don't have that Midas touch. I, I,
3: how many Hulk Hogan shirts did you
4: own?
0: I had a lot. Me, me none. How did I tear off a lot. Yeah. <laughs> me none because I was poor, but I had I had the money. Of course, yeah, I would have been fully stocked there with my wardrobe. Let me ask you, Joe, because you're kind of
1: hmm. on this whole discussion here. You're kind of uh, kind of devil's advocate here, <laughs> and uh, at this point, we're we're still in the '80s. Are you very much still into Hulk Hogan? Are you still? You know, like, on uh, all uh, a big Hulk Hogan fan at this point, or are you starting to
0: kind of see? No, I was still a big Hogan fan. Uh, getting back to WrestleMania three real quick, I I totally agree with you, Paul. I watched WrestleMania three for Hogan and Andre. There was no doubt about it. But after watching it, and believe me, I watched I watched that tape till it fucking broke. Sure the The more times I watched it, the more appreciation I had for a, a Macho Man Ricky Steamboat match, and it just it, it to me that was that was wrestling that was always wrestling, and that for me that Hogan Andre match for the attraction of it because that's all it was was an attraction it was it, was. it wore off that that effect it wore yeah. off on me. did it did it mean I was less any less of a Hogan fan at the time no not at all but for me experiencing Hogan was like okay. He fought Andre. It eventually wore off, and then okay, what's next? Who's he going to go up against mm-hmm. next? Who's who's the next big bad guy he's going to go against? And for me, that was always the the appealing thing about Hulk Hogan: ultimate babyface going in there. Who's he going to conquer next? You know, whether it be a Russian or one man gang or, or killer con killer con cl- yes yeah.
3: that's who he was up against right afterward. that's true that's up. true
0: because
3: i was
4: there
1: <laughs> <laughs> my next my next question then says this is where the young guy if you will ask the seasoned vets to not be disrespectful no
4: <laughs> take, that's me
1: um we talked about the big draw of eighty seven. Obviously I wasn't alive yet and I wasn't alive in nineteen eighty eight either. WrestleMania four, you you didn't have I mean, you technically had Hogan versus Andre again, but obviously it wasn't to the same effect. How does how did that build up go? With did, did did it have less of a an effect because Hogan wasn't the main draw? It wasn't it wasn't this big fight between him and Andre or him versus somebody else. It was it was a tournament that it was built as. And so, how did with Hogan not being in the forefront? How did that affect the WrestleMania 4 Buzz for you guys?
3: Well, Savage had had uh, Hogan's blessing going into. You could see it, and from the point that Hogan, when he was out of the the tournament, Hogan basically he put his blessing on Randy, and you know, and he ended up getting involved in the match. He came down ringside because Elizabeth went to go get him yeah you know, and you know of course he's got the, the crazy look on his face huffing and buffing you know, <laughs> like, like, uh, thing which you know when i was watching it live on on closed circuit tv you know he came out he's got his red super tight pants yeah, on his and, and his, his cowboy boots and you know dude wear a cup <laughs> you know but we, we won't talk about that anymore but uh you know, he, he basically, and he basically put his blessing on him, and then he, he was originally going to take time off, and he did. He was making movies that summer, mm-hmm. and Savage went on to wrestle uh, DiBiase throughout that summer, and on to Andre. And so, you know, good God, who did he end up fighting? Who did Savage fight at, at six? Or it was it five he went on to fight. He went on to fight Hogan in five. Right? Yeah. yeah, right. But, in, but who did Savage fight in six? I forget.
0: Yeah, I can't remember
2: right off the top of my head. <laughs> that wasn't with him and the Warrior. Was that seven with him with that the That was Warrior. him and the Warrior in yeah. seven. Yeah.
1: Six was Hogan and the Warrior. Mm-hmm.
2: I think I
3: don't know. six was uh, uh, Dusty and Sapphire.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yeah that was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah.
3: Yep. Sapphire.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> does WrestleMania four mean as much then? I mean, going, going back to the card, I mean, to the the build up, that doesn't mean as much in the eighties and eighty eight, with without Hogan.
4: It did the posters.
3: It was you had to be there, and I mean, no offense, right. you had to be there. When, when you know, but WrestleMania was was honestly for the first what eight years, really was Hulk Hogan, and even in the nine. Because Hogan wasn't in the main event in, in nine. Technically he was. He wasn't built to be. Yeah, you know, I know, you know, (laughs) like everybody, and you know what's funny is, is, uh, as the, as this episode is being recorded, this is 25 years ago on this current date. So. He told me that talk dates. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but no, it's 25 years ago to the date. Which they said this was the final
2: time that Hogan was a part of. The WrestleMania main event. That's kind of really
0: stupid information. No, that's not that. Dude, it's not stupid here. Okay, it, it, no, it's, I just... It's no, su- yeah, it's I'm su- filled with a lot of that it's, shit. It's super relevant. It really is. Um, for me... Was I any less of a uh, Hogan, did uh, Hogan Mark, did WrestleMania mean less or anything like that to me? No, but I found myself watching a lot of other wrestling because a lot of WWF for me was Hulk Hogan. It was. So when he wasn't around, was I still interested? Of course, for the most part. Uh, You know, again, I fell off like 94, 95, but I think a lot of people did because the product was just shitty, you know? or I should say, yeah, yeah, around there, but, yeah, for me, if Hogan wasn't on the screen, did I pay attention, yes, just not as much, and I would go pay attention to other stuff, keep in mind, you know, I had access to World Class Championship Wrestling at the time, um, NWA, Mm -hmm. the the Crocker Promotion, uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling, AWA, and uh, to a lesser extent, like, Glow and shit like that, like, it was all over the place for me, but I watched as much as I could. I mean, there was point in times where my friends that lived down the street from me would always want to go play outside and shit. I'd be like, I'm sorry, there's a Saturday Night Grudge match I want to watch, so you know, like, go fuck off. So <laughs> I love you guys, but this is more important right now. But, uh, yeah, so for me, yeah, it was... He, he was the WWF. He was... WrestleMania. He was WrestleMania. Absolutely and when you took Hulk Hogan, when he was
3: finally gone after t- like ten, without Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania was like having pizza with no cheese on. It.
4: Honestly,
3: <laughs> it's the truth. Like chocolate cake without chocolate, it really is. There's honestly there was there was yeah. something seriously missing.
0: Yeah, it's still it's still technically it, it cake. was cool. Yeah, it's still technically cake or pizza. It's just it nice. was.
3: It just wasn't. It didn't taste the same. And yeah. It didn't. It wasn't as fun.
2: In my opinion, but yeah. Well, I mean, it didn't it didn't take away for me either because Hulk Hogan came in and saved the day. Still, yeah, he didn't win the belt, but saved the day. He did. And at that time, even though you know I was six, yeah, six years old then, I didn't find out till like the next week when it was on Challenger Superstars. Mm-hmm. You know, I never saw a live WrestleMania until WrestleMania Seven at a buddy's house. um... I would always, I was always, you know, like a week behind or a couple of weeks behind. You know, you wait for the magazine or the, you know, the Saturday or Sunday show, and then you know when the tape would come out to be able to rent, then you know I would see it then too. And the the magic with being a child too is going to the video store and even though you already know what happens when you're watching it, it's like it's live to you. Oh yeah. It's like for the first time. It, it's it's. Yeah. I don't know. That's how it was for me anyway. No,
0: that was the true. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly how it was. So all right.
2: So this this is. Another,
1: another question I got here. So we talk about, you mentioned he was WrestleMania, and there's a guy who is synonymous with the, the name WrestleMania and Shawn Michaels. And if you go back to Shawn Michaels' win-loss record, it's it's not very good. It's not very favorable for him. And it doesn't matter.
4: No. Um,
1: in, in pro wrestling, we all, everyone here, we all know that uh, wins and losses don't necessarily mean everything. It's, it's about what you bring to the table and the moments that you're remembered by. Um, with that being said, why is it that Hogan had, with the exception of WrestleMania four, we're still in the '80s here? Why does why does Hogan have to win every single WrestleMania main event? Isn't being the draw? what they're wh- what's all about? Well, did, do you six think it's technically '90? But okay. but I mean, yeah, you're right. Okay. You're right. Getting the Ultimate over is. It's a big deal, and it was to this day. It still surprises me. But Savage, we bring him, his name up again. If you give him his blessing, if you give him Savage his blessing in '88, what was it? Only for a year? Did, did it run out and say, okay, well, yeah, it's my my give me back my throne because I want it back. I'm not say that's how it
0: happened but that's I, what it sort sure of feels like I, well no I think that is how it happened I mean yeah he wanted to go do movies and stuff but I think it was more or less decided by him and Vince like hey I'm going to do movies but I'm coming back
4: mm-hmm. and
0: when I come back I'm taking my spot back like Savage was just a, a he's a placeholder a placeholder unfortunately that's, that's ridiculous Savage <laughs> started having physical
3: problems too if, if you, know, you know a little bit about him going into five yeah his elbow
0: was bothering him real bad. It, 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 yeah. it, it is a little ridiculous, but at the same time, this is where that splitting hairs comes and you have sports entertainment and wrestling. Mm-hmm. Because, let's face it, as a sports entertainer, he, Hogan is the one who's the bigger draw. It, you know, and again, that might be a hard pill to swallow for a lot of us, myself included, but... That's that's how it was, and, and you weren't going to upset that money. You and it as and from a business standpoint, you wouldn't want to. I, and, and maybe maybe it's just me again
1: not being a product of the time, but you go into that WrestleMania Five main event and the promo that the savage was cutting. I mean, the stuff to be remembered forever. It's, no, I agree. With and you. It's, it for me as maybe again maybe it's product of the time. Maybe it's it's it's, it's the eighty nine. I technically wasn't born yet. Give it a few months, and I will be here. <laughs> and uh, but you go to wrestling now, and you got guys who, if you cut promos like that on a consistent basis, at some point you're you're gonna you're gonna be over, and you're gonna get the push. You should be. Maybe it's the company because you know we, we talk about it on this show all the time that WWE ne- doesn't necessarily give reward guys. It's, it's the, uh, the the curse of the good worker. It's the the guy who puts in everything just so he can lay down to somebody else, and we you know I've seen in my generation got to see that a lot with you know, the guy named John Cena. The today's generation gets to you know see that with the guy named Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, and it's maybe it's the company that that uh, that continues to do the same regurgitated thing where it is you continue to put. These, and maybe this is a, a lack for a better term, but these half-assed guys over, sure, sure. and you're all you're doing is a, a good job. We'll give you a pat on the back. Maybe we'll give you a spot in our Hall of Fame someday, but you'll never be our champion because this guy's our champion. And it's just that force-fed. Whether we're talking wrestling or sports entertainment, it doesn't matter. It's it's still force-fed, and I I just. I never could understand why it, it was so over when it was so blatant that you had to like this because that was the only thing they were going to put out there. If you didn't like Hulkamania, you probably weren't going to be a big wrestling fan, at least for WWE or WWF, whatever. And it's it's that force-fed shit now that we talk about as adults. And here we are 20 years ago. It's like, but it was
2: it was okay back then. It doesn't work anymore. Yeah,
0: it clearly doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what it is. What changed? Uh, well, you have smarter fans. First and foremost, I mean, kayfabe doesn't exist. That's a big Over. part of it. Yeah, that's, you yeah. know,
2: Vince allowed that to happen. I'm sorry. Here, it, oh, I'm sorry. Please, Vin, I'm sorry. Uh, Vince allowed that to happen, and you know, people keep taking advantage of it, and it got it got worse.
1: And it still happens to this day. Yeah. But like, why? My my, my question is, to you guys. Why is Hogan the exception? Why is it okay to be 4 Because this is what
4: put him on the map, really. i say
2: this to money, but... We'll put WWE what about WWF
4: respect? The map.
2: What about to, respect for Go to Randy Savage again. Okay. okay. After
3: Randy Savage lost the title of Hogan at five, okay. he remained in the main event upwards to six to eight months after the fact because Hogan wanted to work with Randy and those two guys kept... So they were still, Randy was still making some serious money with Hogan. So Hogan, if you ask Hogan who his favorite wrestler was to wrestle, people thought, well, maybe it was Andre, maybe it was, he'll every time say it was Randy Savage. Because they, they, now if you go back to 87, and even before then, 86, Hogan was getting chased around by Savage. And they, they ran to every town. Even be, even after Hogan wrestled Andre, he was still getting chased by Savage. And this went on and on and on. But Savage, even after five, he remained in the main event against Hulk because he wanted to be there. He didn't have to stay. He really didn't. And it proves by, by Steamboat, by leaving, Rick Rude left. Because Rick Rude claims that he never got a shot at Hulk. Go watch some of these tapes. I just saw matches with Rick Rude where he fought Hogan. And, you know, there's some wrestlers that will say, even LaFleur will say, to my knowledge, there's never been a, a Rick Rude and Hulk Hogan match. I watched it. it. You can find it on YouTube. You know, was it a cookie-cutter match, that Hogan match? It was. You know, it was the same, you know, the, the Hulk up and uh, Big Boot and all that. It was all the same thing. But... Those guys, if they didn't want to be there, they would just leave and go to WCW. And that's what Rick Rude did. That's what Steamboat. But if you notice, they all came back. They all end up coming back. Now, Hogan was gone when some of those guys came back. I mean, and then they gave Steamboat a dragon costume.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and they made it breathe fire. <laughs> yeah.
3: Which you know, but Steamboat was still Steamboat. You know, uh uh, there was a comment i was going to make about about uh rick flair and you know and this goes into good randy had been in the place if they would have put him up there flair has made the comment that if sting would have come to wwe in say 84 85 86 he said there would have been no hulk hogan
0: i call it bullshit
3: well you know it's it's a good idea I think Sting could have stepped up there. I don't think he would have ever been Hulk Hogan.
0: No, I don't think he would have been Hulk Hogan and I I don't think uh, I don't think he would have even been the caliber of a macho man. At you that don't point. think it's
3: the, the the surfer Sting was over would
0: have been over in WWE? The the big, or f- WWF. For God. me the biggest reason why surfer Sting was over was because of Ric Flair. Amen. And, no, I agree with and, you. And in order for that to happen in the WWF back then they would have had to have had him up against the Macho Man because Macho Man was the workhorse, much like Ric Flair. So, it, is it a possibility that he could have been uh, escalated? Yeah, sure, Maybe. but it's just an idea. That's all. I don't, I don't think it would have been as big as Hogan.
3: No, no, I don't. I honestly think Hogan was in the place for the right reason, and you know what? And it had to be. It, it was all. It all really is exactly. It, it's a product. Of the time. And you know, the 80s from Saturday morning cartoons
0: again, I mean, again he was all over was the damn place. Everywhere.
3: He is he is the only wrestler to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated ever. You know, there there were so many things that Hulk Hogan was. And, you know, to pop culture and to the, the Every every TV show He was on Johnny Carson He was on MTV And MTV Hall. was massive yeah. you know, MTV was the biggest thing You know, music, TV that, that's, And honestly, it was all The build up Piper should have been bigger And I, I love Piper I love me some Piper big time I mean, Piper died on my birthday And I cried when he died that day but Piper should have been bigger, in my mind. No one could touch Piper. Biggest mouth. he wasn't the biggest guy in the world, but he sure could hold with Hogan. Yeah, he could, he could go back and forth with Hogan. And they beat the hell out of each other. But, you know, I know I'm bouncing all around. But MTV, there, there was such a buildup of so many factors. Um, in all honesty, it's, it was the same thing of what social media is today and what the Internet is today. Because cable TV and MTV and Friday night videos.
0: Yeah, I, remember Friday.
3: See, I don't know if you would ever known what that was. Yeah. My, yeah. Friday night videos was on Friday nights on Channel 5 in Chicago. And any artist that came out with, and I'm going to go back to the 80s here, from you got your Genesis to, to uh, uh, you know, Cindy Lauper to Prince to Michael Jackson. It wasn't about the music. It was about the videos they were putting out. And when you heard a new song come on the radio, I can't wait to see the video.
0: Can't wait to see the video. It had
3: and every artist was they were sick of it. They were like, Oh shit, we gotta do this. We gotta do videos now. I got this, we wrote these great songs that we like to do, but now we gotta do a stupid video. And I don't wanna do it. But the videos sold the song better than the actual song, so for the sound of it. So, there were so many factors. So, the videos and music and MTV—that was what the internet is for today. And I mean, for YouTube to, good lord, everything from the dirty stuff on Tumblr. So, (laughs) (laughs) who looks at that? (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs>
3: yeah, don't look up anything for me.
4: <laughs>
3: Sorry. Uh, but but it 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 has so much to do with pop pop culture and you know, the product of the time. The 80s were huge. What when did uh, MDV come out? Like 81?
0: Yeah, well, had to be. 81, 82, yeah.
3: So that was such a build up in WWF linked up with cindy Lopper and david wolf and mtv because cindy Lauper and david wolf had a connection with mtv and that's how that all began and wwf with wwf is big today without mtv i bet not
4: yeah probably not i
3: don't think so i think i think it would have still been in the old bingo halls and you know the old high school gyms i don't i don't think you would have still had wrestling in the carnivals honestly it's you, I don't think it would have ever been as big it, it that was so important for that time and you don't really realize until you look back and you start revisiting these places and you realize that the perfect storm it built
0: yeah, a lot of, that's yeah for me and you
3: know what Hulk Hogan you know six foot seven 300 pounds you know the the beach bum 24 inch arms you know, you saw the big superhero. That's that's what he was. he was. He was Superman, and he was against the Russians and the Iranians and the bad guys and the good guys. And all you ever wanted to... It was like Austin fighting... Yeah, everybody wanted to beat up their boss. Austin against Vince McMahon. That was the perfect storm there, too. But that had so much to do with the buildup of WWF and Hulk Hogan. It oh, that made total sense because i don't know where the hell that came from you know it,
0: it definitely rings true because you we, we talked about about that on episode one where the, the only really equivalent these days of that potentially happening would be someone like john cena against isis and even then in this this day and you know this, this times right now yeah, I, I really don't think it would be that big. It's just, again, there has to be that perfect storm of stuff what's to happen. The, the, the sensitivity of this beautiful world.
4: Yeah, everybody's
0: a lot
2: more sensitive I
0: want sensitive Muhammad Hassan days. to come back,
3: damn it.
2: <laughs> I liked him. <laughs> that was a very uh, underrated character. I, I loved him. I yeah. thought he was great.
3: I, that's why I like, what's his name from... Uh, gender gender I love gender. Jinder's gender, crazy. Jinder
0: makes a great deal. I, that that's something I'll never understand either you have Muhammad hassan who it's like okay you definitely want to heal from from that ethnicity and and what have you and you want him to be this supervillain so he becomes a supervillain and then everybody's like and they, they cut yeah, him off the hip. yeah like no yeah. you can't be here anymore the
3: undertaker like like <laughs> ch- chop his head off
0: pretty yeah. much
4: <laughs> 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 sorry <laughs> Uh,
3: let's uh... go fast forward.
4: Go
0: ahead. Yeah, we're going to fast forward to his WCW days. Uh, eight, if you're counting, I believe it's eight title reigns, uh, and that includes the whole debacle with Jeff Jarrett laying down in the middle of a ring. Sure. Believe it or not, that does count because Hulk Hogan still went and pinned him. Yep. So and it, he didn't throw him over the top rope. And, <laughs> and
4: he didn't <laughs> throw him <laughs> over the top rope. <laughs>
1: So, so two championship reigns in WCW, which a guy lays down.
0: Yeah, Nash too, yeah. 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 yeah I, mean, I'm, I I count those because... I'm, they're they're yeah. reigns. I'm, I'm well, I mean, you'll have, you'll have websites and, and, and other pundits and, and critics that don't, but those are, hey, well, it happened. Whether, I, you, whether you want it to or not, it happened.
1: I got I to gotta jump in and say, though, that when it comes to WCW reigns, I, I can't shit on anything that Hogan did because we talked about WCW champion reign, and they're the most ridiculous company when it came to title reign.
0: Well, that that whole company so, was pretty ridiculous, but I, I digress. Right, right. His first reign was July 17th of 1994, all the way through October 29th, 1995. He won it at Bash at the Beach in 1994 against uh, Rick Foyer, and then he lost it uh, right before Halloween in ninety five in Detroit, Michigan against it's the giant. Giants. Yes. Andre's son. Uh, yeah, for, for the <laughs> longest time that was a rumor. Uh, his second reign happened August 10th, 1996, all the way through August 4th, 1997. He won it in Sturgis uh, during their Hog Wild pay per view against the Giant, and then he lost it in uh, Auburn Hills, Michigan. Against the total package Lex Luger. That was, uh, that was on Monday Night Raw. rack? I remember that. That was a
1: uh, the birthday present for me. Losing your <laughs> i losing title. I do remember that. I was
2: going to say it's when you got cable for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs>
0: His third reign was August 9th, 1997 through December 28th of 1997. He won it at Road Wild 99 in Sturgis at pinning Alexa Luger, and then he lost it in Washington, D.C. at Starrcade 99 against Sting. Sting Sting defeated him by submission. Was it 99? 97. 97, 97, I'm sorry. Uh, His fourth reign was December 28th of 1997 through January 8th of 1998. Not that long of a run there. He won it on a Monday Nitro uh, where he pinned Sting, and then he lost it uh, in January... And it was declared vacant due to the controversy of the previous two title changes. So Hogan and Sting would fight for the vacant title at Super Brawl 8. And then his fifth reign, April 20th, 1998, through July 6th of 1998. He won it in Colorado Springs, Colorado on a Monday Nitro, pinning the Macho Man Randy Savage. And then he lost it in '98 in Atlanta, Georgia on a Monday Nitro against oh, Bill Bird. Goldberg. Gold. His sixth <laughs> reign was January fourth, nineteen ninety nine. Again, uh, through March fourteenth of nineteen ninety nine, he won it on a Monday Night show against Kevin Nash. Uh, I believe that was the uh, finger poker Doom, yes, and he lost it. I give that to my wife. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry man, I
4: had to, it was there. I'm sorry. (laughs) He lost it at Uncensored in
0: Louisville, Kentucky where uh, the Nature Boy, Rick Flair pinned him in a first blood cage match. (laughs) His seventh reign was July 12th of 1999 through September 12th, 1999. Uh, He won it in Jacksonville, Florida on a Monday Night Tour against the Macho Man Randy Savage. He lost it in Winston-Salem, North Carolina at Fall Brawl 1999, where Sting pinned Hulk Hogan. His eighth title reign and final for the company, July 9, 2000 through July 9, 2000. Just a day. He won it uh, at Daytona Beach against Jeff Jarrett. And that was the whole um, debacle with Jeff Jarrett laying down uh, in the middle of the ring and letting Hogan pin him. Uh, that had a lot to do with Vince Russo, there, so, yeah. yeah. So that's where we are oh, with this his. Company. <laughs> yeah. That's where we are with his WCW um, history. There, as far as Tyler Raines go, I, I know you, you, uh, Matt, you were brought up during all of this. This was your, your, this was you sinking your teeth into Hulk Hogan as a whole, yeah. more or less. Um, I know, Paul, you weren't a big fan of the whole N.W.O. Hulk Hogan. But I do have to ask you, watching him turn heel after all this time, back at Bash at the Beach, Mm -hmm. how did you feel about that? You never expected it.
3: Never expected Hogan to turn heel. I don't think anyone did. But Bobby Heenan gave it away. (laughs) Bobby Heenan did And everyone said it even. And I noticed it. Even as it was going on, he was like, whose side is he on? And I'm like, son of a, God, he's yeah, going to but- turn heel of all time. And when they threw all the garbage in the ring, you knew that he did something drastic. And Hogan always wanted to turn heel in WWF. He wanted to. He told Vince that. And Vince was, he, no, you're not doing that. You're the ultimate good guy. So, you know. That's like Christopher Reeve wearing the dirty Superman suit in Part Three,
4: you know. And he was like,
3: he's sitting there drinking and he'll get away from me, kids. <laughs> it was the same thing. Damn it. Sorry, but uh, uh, and you know what? I I I respected Hogan. I, I'll be honest with Hogan first went to WCW, and he was going up against Vader. I loved Vader. I wanted Vader to beat the hell out of Hogan. I did as much as I loved Hulk. I loved Hulk, but I wanted to see Vader beat the tar out of. Him. Well, and he was also deflated. He was off the, you know, the anavar and the and the testosterone. You could tell.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was very. But local. when you know,
3: he ended up. But he was in the best shape of his life when it comes down. To it. He was just cut up to be, you know, just. Yeah, I talk about people in shape. So,
0: anyway. No, well, we seen. Uh, I saw him uh, a photo of him from Phoenix, Arizona, back in January, and he was at some some wrestling event out there and. He, big as hell. He was shredded like crazy. Fuck to hell. Oh yeah. my god.
3: And I mean at at almost sixty-five years old. There he is. There's the there's his back. <laughs> yep, and Brutus the Barber. Uh, clown. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just have a big bozo nose on? <laughs> <laughs> but if you look at like like I know we're talking about this, but you look at the size of Hogan's arms as big as beefcake's head. Yeah, oh Beef yeah. Beefcake's got a big meat head, so. <laughs> I met Beefcake once. He was a total asshole to me. Was it? That yeah, was at that place when we were at the uh the Wizard Con.
0: Oh,
4: I was oh, also yeah, dressed yeah. as Bozo. I don't wonder in me. the Wizard World, yeah. <laughs> oh my
3: god. Oh yeah. You stole
4: my nose. <laughs>
1: yeah, he said cheesecake.
4: <laughs>
1: Stupid. So what I find interesting about is roughly the first two years in WCW, right, 94, mm-hmm. and yeah, about roughly two years until he joins the NWO, is them trying to, and correct me if I'm wrong, but them trying to bring back what was special about Hulkamania in WWF to WCW, the ultimate good guy yet again, and from my knowledge, it didn't work it didn't no not, at all. Is not it, at all is it a different fan base because we're talking WCW now where we they we expect more of a legit wrestler we appreciate wrestling I mean this is we're talking flair country no
0: and I, don't, in, I don't think so yeah not, not at this point in, not in, 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 yeah more than likely it's not the NWA anymore
4: no
0: so you still have a lot of the fan base being NWA orientated but that's not what WCW. You don't
1: have the same the same over the top gimmicks though. Even even back even before WWE failed with gimmicks at that time they were.
4: Yeah,
3: well, they at, were they were they were in WCW in WCW. That was after the the uh, the eras with the Ric Flairs and the, and the uh, you know the steamboats and that kind of thing. Barry they were Windham, building yeah. to be more cartoonish and carnivalish, you know They were I, they were playing ketchup. They were more or less. It, it make, and I, I I appreciate what you're saying. But I just really they were then the, you know you see Hogan coming in against the butcher, which was beefcake, and uh, the Dungeon of Doom and Well the Dungeon of Doom
2: is,
1: is, is an exception. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the i mean, varsity
3: club. What's that after? Maybe I'm old. <laughs> varsity sure. Club was, you know, I think Rutunda
0: Varsity Club was was late eighties. Yeah, yeah
3: it was, I might yeah. be, I might, my numbers. I, well, you, you
0: still had, you still had, you still you still had Rotunda walking around in WCW, at you know, it, kind of the same gimmick. I mean, obviously he couldn't, they couldn't call them the Varsity Club, but he called him. Oh, I thought you were
4: talking about something else.
0: But yeah, I, but for for me, what it is is you have, and I speak from personal experience, you don't have. WCW back then it wasn't the NWA that I liked. And so you had like remnants of that, but you had them trying to go the way of WWF they wanted to compete. And so it started to turn as so while you did have Flair and and people honing back to that that bygone NWA promotion, it wasn't quite the same. And you had Hogan come in and the ultimate baby face just didn't work, not that and part of that was too was because it was a southern promotion. They were regional. Yes. And they you know, they didn't have the same kind of audience. You had a, it was just predominantly southern. And for whatever reason, guess what? Hogan has a baby face, they could get two shits. Didn't matter.
1: Well that, that that's that's my that was my point. Here. Uh it's a different fan base. Different fan base yes. whether no matter what they're pushing, I guess. The expectations are still different compared to the WWF and and that that fan base that very over the top. It's it's basically a storybook in, in this for this company, compared to whether WWE would push it or not. It it, just, it it was very clear that that fan base wasn't buying it, whether it was Hogan or not. They just weren't buying any of that shit. <laughs> yes. So, it's again that, that was, I guess that's my the point I was trying to make was no matter no matter how you try to to to, to push it Hogan and, and for that company just would never just th- that that yellow and, and and red just won't work period and whether it was for during a time where they were like uh, trying to they play, play catch up with gimmicks or if it was the before that with the NWA, it still just it still doesn't work because over the top gimmick characters just didn't really
0: do so well. Yeah, Hogan in the NWA, if if he were in the NWA back then, no, it wouldn't have worked. No you, you need you needed you needed a a, a,
1: a over the top promotion like WWF, especially with the fan base and I, I totally totally agree with that MTV was the big, the big draw for for WWF at that point for WrestleMania One, especially, and you, you look at that that fan base that existed for that. I mean, it was correct me if I'm wrong. Most of it weren't really wrestling fans
0: to begin with. No, no,
1: So you're very
0: right. That's why it works. That's why Hogan works. And no, I, I, in in this regard, I, for me anyway, I think what it is is there just needed to be a bigger platform. If if the WCW had a bigger platform, it probably would have worked. And the only reason I say that is because when they did get big, and Nitro became a thing, like that became its own phenomenon. It was cool to go see WCW Nitro. It was cool to. It, it got to the point where obviously like they took over the Tonight Show with Jay Leno, and you know Eric Bischoff was on national television.
2: Earners money.
0: Yeah. That literally put the fire
3: under the rocket. Yeah. but they didn't have any fuel on the rocket for all the time then mm-hmm. wcw now would would nwa here's there's a main question if it wasn't wwf and it is nwa connected with mtv and cindy Lauper, would rick flair had been you know as, as popular as like hogan I mean, would, would they have had a Ric Flair cartoon in the morning? You know, woo! <laughs> yeah, I, I doubt that. You know, but, uh, Space he, Mountain, honey. <laughs> yeah. he,
0: he definitely would have would have somehow reached, uh, you know, uh, mainstream media. He would have crossed. No, over. I agree with. I, I, I just don't that think totally. in the in the same in the same vein as Hulk Hogan. Cause it might. It might have because yeah, he's not a
4: superhero.
3: That's that's <laughs> you know? the superhero thing, and, yeah. and it's really important that superhero
0: thing. Again, a lot of perfect storm stuff.
1: Yes, absolutely
0: because yeah. I mean I I mean we're all sitting here. We all know how it panned out. But I, I, like I said, WCW at one point they were on the Tonight Show. Yep. They they had mainstream media, you know, ESPN coverage the whole night. And so and CNN, you know, they had, CNN was pushing WCW at the
2: time yeah, because of Ted Turner.
0: Because of but but Ted Turner. So yeah, this, but yeah, Hogan and the NWA, no, nah, it, it won the not 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 like history had no no, no,
3: no. Gone. no you know what if if, if say hogan would have went to nwa instead of wwf and he would have went head to head with like rick flair i guarantee you flair would have been I, I if you think about it that way hogan probably would have went away with you know all the other bad guys and good guys and whatever else they would have gone not not even been as as big as luger
4: you know
3: what I loved I liked Luger in certain ways but Luger was kind of another clown he was up there along next to Beefcake
0: yeah (laughs) better
3: body though
0: agreed agreed but no
3: the WCW days were were a big part of more of the build on Hogan and I mean ultimate bad guy he was he was a great bad guy and then you can look at you know, and then you got your, your politics. There were more politics. But that you can really blame on Eric Bischoff. Because he gave Hogan the power. And Hogan had the power walking in. And, if, you know, you know the stories of how they got in, how he got in there. That was, Bischoff was looking for a big name for WCW. He had Turner throwing the money. And, and Turner said, you got to get a big guy in here. We need somebody big. And they, they found out Hogan was was free, and he Bishop talked to Flair and he said, "Do you know Hulk?" "Yep." He said, "So uh, can you get me a meeting with him?" Two days later they're sitting down talking and they came up with some numbers, and you know he was on TV and then uh, it was a month later he they needed a guy to wrestle him so he's like, uh, "Can you get a hold of Savage?" And that's when they started building. That's how WCW. Acquired all these guys, but it was all Ted Turner's money that brought. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you just listen to some shoot interviews with mm-hmm. Flair, and you know, listen to Woo Nation, which was kind of fun to listen to if you ever listened to oh, the yeah, podcast, definitely. they were fun. Yeah, and I mean, you, you know, and they even had Hulk on there after he was taken out of the Hall of Fame and all that stuff. You know, they talked real deeply about how Flair got him the job. So, you know, it's all politics. It was, but. But it was—it's all about, in the, the famous comment, and I said this earlier about what Hulk said. Did I pay, play politics? Damn straight I did. Why? Because I could, and anyone else would have. And, and I mean, is it—is it the best thing in the world? No. But, you know, if if you could be if you could be sitting here, and making twenty million dollars doing a podcast, and would you do it? Yeah, everyone would. I mean, the mask business, if you're going to put so much money at me for the mask business, the same thing. Would I play politics and, you know, they're going to put it uh, advertisements at all the Disney parks? You bet. Millions and millions of dollars. It's all about the big dough. Is it respectful to every mask maker that came up behind or ahead of me and, you know, behind me? Everybody else, you know, what? in all reality, you gotta take care of yourself. Always. That's, You know, I take care of people around me, but do I respect the people that come before me in the mask business? You damn betcha I do. But if I can make bigger numbers than they ever did, you bet I will. And I'd love to blow them out of the water and become one of the top mask makers in the damn world. And I'm up there. I'm up there. But... It comes down with Hulk and, and the, uh, all of the the politics of being the best and making, and here's a famous line out of Hulk and Ric Flair, said, uh, who was the most over and which which one of you guys made more money? Who made the most money? It's, that's all about money. It really is. And that's, that that's the world in and of itself,
1: you know. Let me ask you this Please, question. Please, shoot. You love the mass business. Right. I do. I mean, it's it's it means so much to you. Correct? It sure does. And if you had an opportunity to help, just like everybody else, everybody has has a clock where we can't do this anymore. Sure. And at some point, if you had the opportunity to help get the next generation mm-hmm. over a chance to succeed, would you do it, even if it meant that you'd have to take a step back just a little bit at some point. Would you do it? I'd do it today.
3: I'd still, do it now. I do. But I still want my spot. Oh, sure. I want to keep my spot. And I I, I, I it, do some research on me and my company. Mm-hmm. And there is a level of respect that other artists have for me. And I am at a place in the mask business where I'm highly regarded. And I've helped guys coming up behind me, and I tell people they're the future of the mask business. And I tell them that all the time. Would I want to fall behind somebody else's? Not while well, I can stand. Sure, I will. I will keep my spot as long as I can. And you know, am I going to make one hundred and ten thousand dollars this year? But this guy can make one hundred and fifty. Well. I'd rather make 150. He can make 110. Sure. am sorry. I'm just, and maybe it's a little selfish. And you know what? That's that's human life. That's you. you
4: no, know
0: I think I think uh, an unfortunate byproduct of the situation with Hogan here in WCW is by this time he's already got the business chops behind him. Amen. He, he's a he's a he's a very smart businessman. So him politicking throughout his his time there, um. Again, unfortunate, especially for me, you know, because I—that's one of the many factors that WCW is not around anymore. But it's not solely on him. It's not solely on any one person. But he has his business chops behind him. <clears throat> Excuse me. And did he use that to his advantage? Of course. I think I think he he did. Uh, there there were a few times, and I think he did it sparingly, where he did take a step back and say, "Hey." Okay, I'll drop the title to Goldberg Goldberg and we'll let that happen. but a couple months from now or you know a week from now, whatever the day range you would like to use, I'm gonna come back and we're gonna work this this and this. and he knew even if he didn't have a belt around him, he had the opportunity to make a fuck ton of money doing it and it it would it would keep him in out there in the the public. And it would, it would keep him some level of over and keep that spot. And, yeah, I mean, some of that was politics, some of it was business. But he knew his worth. He,
3: yeah, he, he knew, knew yeah. his worth. And you know what? He's still worth some real estate today. Had a 65-year-old man as just a spokesperson
1: for the company. But that's, just, that's later on. So, all right, and I... I I know the Gover thing. I know the uh, the Paul White or the Giant get him over. But what about the guys that he ran with? What about the New World Order? You look at guys like Nash and Hall who mm-hmm. did such great work before Hogan ever joined the the, the, the group. And they had this all this buzz going. And Hogan joining NWO was like it was. You talk about the perfect storm. Like that was perfect. Absolutely. Because it was. It was, one, you had the shock factor. You had, sure. I mean, even even as a, as a six-year-old kid, I knew what I saw that night. And I, I, I saw magic. Whether you were a fan of it or not, you knew you saw some, something special that night. And it made all the sense in the world. Like, we talked about platforms. And it was now for this younger generations to, hey, we're running with this guy. This guy's in our corner. Mm-hmm. And instead... What, what happened was you guys did all this you get the fuck back here this is my group now and what was so special about the NWO very quickly this is a, this is a group that could have lasted years which it did technically but let's face it it should have died after the first year it, because it just it, and it's not all Hogan I will, I will admit that but so much of it was it was just Hogan and his and his boys and it, it was no at no point was it a level playing ground. Where you look at something like the Bullet Club, for example, and you bring in a guy like AJ Styles, who whether he's at the same level of Hogan and popularity, or, it's not the point. But you have a guy who, for all intents purposes, today is the be-all, end-all as far as wrestling goes. And it's you look, you point at a guy like uh, anybody in, in that group. Um, you know, you took a you took a team like the Young Bucks at the time who didn't have a name and or Kenny Omega who didn't have a name and you were thus. You're not just our wacky. You put on that on that shirt, you wear those stripes, you're somebody. And it didn't feel that way. Even before it became ridiculous and everybody started joining the NWO, you know, Sean Waltman joined the N W O should have been special because of what it what it represented when he left the company, WWF the company yeah. to come to W C W. And, and that lasts like all of like two weeks and it's like he's just, he's just in the back he's our caboose if you if you will and nothing more nothing less this is Hogan's group and nothing else matters besides Hulk hogan
0: I th- I think uh, part of that is his business and and what it is for me anyway and uh, again this is just my opinion but it's failed it's, business though. you're right failed business but uh, mm-hmm. my, my well here my Please. opinion is this. So Hogan comes in, yeah. Does he have everybody take a backseat to him? Of course, but they were okay with that. They were okay That's with like that. Adam. They were okay with that because guess what? They're making money, and, and and you know it wasn't just it wasn't just the clause of like, hey, for every guy we bring in, we get we get a bump in pay. There was that going on for sure, but on top of that, you have all that potential for extra revenue because Hulk Hogan's name was attached to it. They wanted to be
4: there.
0: They wanted to be there. Amen. To a please, point. I'm sorry. Yeah, please, no, you're fine. Cut into you. To a point. I agree with you, but to a point, because if if that were the sole um, situation, we wouldn't have heard of all the the um, downtrodden attitudes and, and, and you know, like depressive attitudes that Hall and Nash had working eventually working with Hogan in working with Hogan and lasting that long as NWO members because they were unhappy being there. So if it was if it was all happy-go-lucky and that was the case, then great, but it wasn't because they got tired of being there. They didn't want to be there anymore. You know, Hall Hall started getting out of hand and he didn't, you know, it got to the point where he was doing whatever the fuck he wanted to do and what are you going to do? Fire me? Eventually they did, but that, it took a while. <laughs> I guess the moral of the story
1: here is if you are not the the superstar, whether you're at the Hogan Group or, or anything, if you are just there just happy to be there, you sure as hell need to think of the long term. Because once it's over, for I mean, you can talk Kevin Nash still made tons of money. Yeah. But for most of those guys, do did they, did they make tons of money after the NWO is over? What about prolonging your career. Again, I bring up Bullet Club. You bring up, you, you talk about all those guys. They did, they, they used that platform and a that, that equal platform and they did everything they could whether they're still in Bullet Club or not to make themselves legit stars whether it be using pro wrestling teams, for example, to accentuate their merchandise Say hey, we're not just Bullet Club like we have, you got Young Bucks how many fucking t-shirts that come out like almost every other week <laughs> it's insane. Tons, yeah. Tons. I mean it's it's the long term I understand, it's a business, so make your money. But when you start this living in the moment and you, you live behind this guy and say, We're just happy to be here because you know, he's he's making a ton of money, but he's only gonna make a ton of money for so long. Because just like any other major major star, at some point he's gonna say, Well, I don't wanna wear this anymore and then what? And then that, that, that name, the N W O doesn't mean anything.
0: It should have meant something when holding left, and it didn't. Quite honestly, I, I think a, a lot of that is just that mentality of you know I'm here to make money. This is this is the business I'm in, and I'm here to make money. Yeah, I just hope do, they learn from it. Do, yeah, do I get to be a part stars. of? Yeah, do I get to be a part of something special? Well, that all depends. But whether that happens or not, I think that's just the mentality of all these guys. This is their career path in life. This is something they chose to do, and they. Obviously, they love it to the extent that they're still they still want to do it, but at the end of the day, money might and usually does play a factor. I think oh, if, sure. I think you have very few um, in ring performers that sit there and actually love the business to the point where money isn't necessarily the first thing they think about. I think those guys are few and far between, but Absolutely. you know. More, more, more or less. It's the promotion or, or the the head of the promotion's job to to worry about that, or to prolong the business, to give these guys a platform to be on. So, I, and I think the closest thing that comes to that is something like a Ring of Honor, because otherwise, it, it would just be you know greedy promotion after greedy promotion after greedy promotion, and we would be back in the uh, in the '80s where independent wrestling was such fucking horseshit because. That's all there was. It was just greedy, shy-shy-shy-shy-shy promoters, just hey, trying to make a quick buck. And that's, that's my point. That's that's see, wrestling. You and I talk about this all the time.
1: Uh, that pro wrestling today compared to pro wrestling back then, it's there's so much of having your cake and eating it too. Make your make your money. You make your money. You make tons of it, but. At some point you have to you have to understand that if it's the same guy over and over and over again, again, i.e. Roman Reigns, John Cena, Brock Lesnar, it doesn't work. It doesn't work because it we have kind of wisen up a little bit and say that's that's horseshit because one guy can't take on an entire company. It just doesn't work. And I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this question later, so maybe I'll just I won't I'll just stay away from it, but Hulk Hogan, think of Hulk Hogan in his prime today. If, if if he's wearing that red and yellow today, whether he, any of us are fans of it or not, it doesn't work. True. Because Only because the the business has to change and it's grown and I think it's 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 grown for the better because if we still have this it's all about me, 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 wrestling all you would have is WWE. And whether that's a good thing or or not, whether you're W fan or not, it's fine. But look at all this other great wrestling out there. It just it it, it fails. It will it will die. Fashion, you can blink because you have to get everybody else over. Everybody who's worth a damn, you have to get them over. If you're just going to just put a blanket over everybody and say it's all about me because I want to make more money than everybody else, well, you're gonna have all your money, but the future dies. And if if you don't care about it, then that's fine.
0: But it is what it is. And this is why New Japan is so over right now Because they are taking that approach Putting people over constantly And I think that's where a lot of people have a problem with them Is because like, wait a minute This motherfucker wasn't shit three weeks ago And now all of a sudden he's, you know Like a Jay White (laughs) Like a Jay White And now look all of a sudden he's got a US title around his waist Like how is that possible? It's possible through good booking yeah. If you know your people and you know your product and you and you're doing things like you should be doing, of course it's going to work. You know, like if when Paul makes masks, he knows, you know, how to work the mold and use latex and paint properly. He knows how to use all those tools to his advantage. So of course he's going to have a quality product. That's what happens when that that, that perfect storm works. Yeah. Um, but not everybody does it that way. And unfortunately, the biggest entity out there in the WWE, they, they don't do things that way. They're operating on a completely different level where wrestling has taken a backseat. But they, they have enough diverse revenue streams out there where they're, they've got their hands in the, a, a bunch of everything else. They're still making money. They're still the juggernaut because they're making a fuck ton of money. You know, They get 10 bucks a month from a bunch of fucking people. To Yourself <laughs> To get, you know, to watch old stuff. And that's just smart business. I use his. Yeah. <laughs> so I use his.
3: <laughs> if Hogan were around in his prime, it right would now. be the exact same thing today as John Cena. Exact. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he'd be, he'd oh, yeah. Be the, and that's, he'd be John that's why Cena. Yeah, that's, every boot and Yeah, that's why movie.
0: that's why I make that comparison yeah. with John Cena versus Isis because he is the closest thing to Hulk Hogan right now. Absolutely. That makes sense to me. We're going to take a small break, and we'll be right back. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. You think you can tell us what to do? I can't tell you what to do. You I you can't tell you what to wear. I can't tell you what to wear. Hell no, I'm not better. Well, you better get ready. But I am smarter.
4: Bow to the mess.
0: I'll bow to the Masters, the Masters over at Ray's. Ray's will hook you up with all kinds of discounted gift cards for your favorite places to eat. For your favorite places to shop online and in-store. They have any place you could possibly think of. And they even have discounts on ride-sharing services like Lyft and Uber. In case you guys need to make it to a show. So hop on over and support the show. Support your 20x20 crew. Visit us for more information on raise and discount gift cards over at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash raise. That's R-A-I-S-E. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash raise and we got two words for you save money all right ladies and gentlemen we're back thank you for hanging in there with us during our hulk hogan super show here Again, we have uh, Matt Joe, Mr. Wrestling 6 and Darkside Paul from DarkSideStudios.com. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, wrapping it up here, I basically have one more question being that we're we're all um, doing this super show for Hulk Hogan here. As as this is being recorded, there is a lot of rumor and speculation going around about him possibly coming back. One more time to the WWE, more than likely not in an in-ring performer sense, but at least, at the very least, as an ambassador to the company. I, I definitely want to know your guys' thoughts on this. Is is this something you definitely want to see? I, I'm pretty sure I already know Paul's <laughs> answer, but, but I would like you to at least elaborate. So, go
2: ahead. Yes, most definitely I want to see it. Um, I think he'd be a great general manager on either show, sure, whether it's Raw or SmackDown. I think that would be cool. I think a lot of people probably would not like that, but like for me to just see him and interact with these other guys and you know, not so much run-ins, but not take shit either. I think would be really cool. You know, uh, stroke his muscle a little bit. Okay. And you know, run his promos. Just listen to him talk. Would that would be good enough for me, man?
0: Paul. I that. Sure. Our listeners don't know this. Everything. So. No, definitely, <laughs> definitely.
3: You know, he's. I mean, real American hit, and show up at WrestleMania. Finally.
0: Maybe. maybe. But I
3: won't be watching this weekend, so I'm mad.
0: Maybe. maybe. And, and you know, this is going to come our way after. But. Wouldn't that be fucked up if he was Braun Strowman's mystery partner? Ooh.
2: <laughs> I didn't even think about that.
0: Hey. I would not like to see that Not at all I, I can't stand Braun Strowman <laughs> He can go get <laughs> Hands somewhere else you know. <laughs> He's gonna be Nia Jax's manager <laughs> <laughs> he got her Wiper backside. So he's a rock How about you Matt? I don't know Would you be happy To see Hogan come back?
1: I, I mean at, at this point What what more damage Can he do to the business? <laughs> <laughs>
4: So come back,
1: you will know, do 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 what you gotta do. No, I mean when when it comes to Hogan, I I I I guess uh, I don't know if you guys know this. I, I don't I, our listeners. I don't know if they know this, but I'm a I'm a huge Disney collector, Disney fan. So I'm a, I'm accustomed to happy endings. So if this would be Hulk Hogan's happy ending, then yeah, fuck it, do it. It's it's cool for him. Um, it, it's whether he's general manager or not. It's it's, it's kind of like what Mick Foley with general manager Rob. It's not gonna mean a whole lot. It's not. And that's
3: coming from a big fan. Yeah, you're right.
1: It's it's not gonna mean a whole lot, but if it makes the fans happy, you know, there's a lot of negative remarks regarding Hulk Hogan. But as you said earlier, this is absolutely Paul that you could say that with a lot of guys. And and as people, stop, stop, stop. (laughs) With all the negative crap, you know, let whatever him and Vince need to go through to make the deal happen. That's between them. Keep it between them. We can talk about it, but at the end of the day, it's, our opinions don't matter too much. Absolutely. So as far as that goes, I, I'm not going to sit there and, and poke at a guy on, on his, because of his mistakes because who the hell am I? Um, am I going to be excited to see him come back? No. But <laughs> would I welcome him back? I, I never I never told him to go away. I, so it's, it was one of those things that do it. If, if, if that's what's going to make him happy, if that's what's going to make the fans happy, then, then do it.
0: I, I would love for him to come back and, and just not try to wrangle himself into, like, a main event mindset. Let, just be there for the company and start teaching these young guys. There's a lot of fucking young talent that need Jared, a lot of teaching. There's
3: some things he could show he them. He could
0: show them. Dan, he, he would make a great fucking road agent. Absolutely. And, and, oh, let, like let, and let's be honest, if, if Jeff Jarrett is getting a spot in their Hall of Fame to smooth things over between him and the company so that he can become like a road agent or, or an sure. experienced uh, no, you good. know, personnel for, for the company I think Hogan would do a way fucking better job at that than Jeff Jarrett let's be honest
3: well on, in closing my comment
4: man,
0: it's
3: probably not going to be very popular with some people but you know what? in all reality my opinion matters for shit <laughs> let's be honest <laughs> But in all honesty, the guy's already said he's sorry a million times. Stop apologizing. I mean, uh, what are you going to apologize to Mark Henry? Stop (laughs) apologizing (laughs) to Mark Henry. Tell Mark Henry to go main event against Andre the Giant at WrestleMania 3 and then see if he can body slam the big guy. And then, because you can't. Fatso. (laughs) I'm, I'm just messing around. But in all reality, I mean, how much can you apologize? You already did that. And, you know, another thing is, and I actually wrote this on his Facebook page. You know, he was talking about, you know, possibly, would you want to see me come back? And I said, you know what? I want you to come back. But I don't want you to come back if you've got to take a ton of shit. If you've got to take a ton of shit from, from management, you've got to take a ton of shit, and you've got to go on this big apology tour and all this garbage, just don't do it. It's not, it's, how much more can you do after all this? He already went on The View. That was bad enough. Joy Behar. I'd apologize to her just for showing that big fat face on TV.
0: It'll be interesting to see if this actually happens. Because he was he was invited uh, to New Japan for Russell Kingdom back in January. Yes. And the only thing that kept him from being there was, according to him, there wasn't enough money. And I think that speaks volumes, unfortunately, about the state of Hulk Hogan. No, don't get me wrong. I get it. He's gone through some shit. We've all gone through some shit. Do you want money? Hell yeah, everybody wants money. But you you at some point you've got to like let that shit go and 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 give back. You've got to give back. You want to be a part of something? You've got. To, you sometimes you've got to take that step back. I think this, if he does come back, this is the perfect opportunity for him to do that. He'll still make money. Obviously, they're gonna pay him to be there. Yes. But at least this time he has that opportunity. To take that step back, help those young guys, help the product overall. So then, that way, guess what? Years to come, there'll still be a product available and they'll still be talking about Hulk Hogan. Wow. But also,
3: the current news is that that super show, that ultimate Royal Rumble thing,
0: the greatest rumble ever. The greatest
3: yeah. rumble ever that I guess Saudi Arabia wants. No matter what, they're willing to pay the money to have Hulk come back in. And Vince has information. I guess he wants he he wants to work alongside them. It, I I just saw this sometime no, that's earlier. Very true.
1: That's true. I it heard just, the same thing.
3: Just came out. I I won't say today or tonight. <laughs> <laughs> he, he told me not to, but words out. So if if they're willing to pay the money, bring the guy back, and you know. I don't want to see him wrestle, though. No, I don't want to see him wrestle, and I don't want to see him dressed as Miss, you know, Mister Nanny. Yeah, you know, with the tutu. <laughs> I want to see Joe in a four-four. A four-four.
1: <laughs> no more. I'm sorry. I'm with my stupid jokes. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, before we wrap up, sure, I, I sure. just first of all, Paul, I want to thank you. This is the first time yes. that you and I have sat and talked about wrestling. You, thank you.
4: Sure,
1: no. And, I mean, I. I hope. I hope that you will join us again and I get, to get, I get to
0: pick your brain some more. Randy
3: Savage next time.
0: All right, cool. Yeah, we are here. Yeah. And right. Warrior. Oh, yeah, that'll be a fun one. The yeah. Warrior yeah. should be an interesting one. Yeah. That should a lot of laughs.
1: I, cause I, I think with Warrior, I think we were all on the same page, where there was <laughs> yeah. definitely some fandom there, <laughs> Yes, we are. Yeah. And, and then it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> we were just talking about diarrhea, also.
3: <laughs> Viral diarrhea, and then we'll put Warrior in there, and, along with his ugly wife. But,
1: oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not. That
4: hag.
1: <laughs> so, when it, when it, I guess my, my closing argument, or statement, whatever, when it comes to Hogan, obviously, again, I know what he is to wrestling. I respect what he is. Not only to you guys personally, I, the superhero, the, the real American, vitamins, prayers, all that stuff. It meant something to you guys. And that, should, that would never be taken away. And that's that's what this business is all about. Um, whether you're a fan of guys that nobody else is or not, that's 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 great. You know, I, In this era, I've said many times on the show, I'm a Roman Reigns fan. And I know mo a lot of people aren't because he's a force-fed character. Something about him that I, I not to the point where I—I I look at him as a Hulk Hogan, but I did what this guy's bringing to the table. Um, I guess my my biggest issue with Hogan is that he just never followed the rules of wrestling, where there's give and take. It was it was it was not all take, but it was pretty much I take all this and you can have I I got enough here. You you can have this, and that's what it felt like throughout his time in, in WWE and in WCW. Uh, it got better as he got older. I, him, him and The Rock put on a phenomenal match at WrestleMania uh, 18, I believe. It, it happened. It happened other times too, where he he got some of the younger guys over, him and maybe the the old man in him said there's no point anymore. So let's let's get get these other guys over. So I would love him if he were to come back to do the same thing, and not in the wrestling ring per se, but. To give back to the business that made him what he is, because Hulk Hogan may have got wrestling out of the carnivals and, and the gymnasiums, but in all reality, it was it was WWF that got Terry Bollea into the Hulk Hogan gimmick. Without without that, he I don't know who he maybe he'd just be a guy work, working out at Golden Gym, in Venice Beach, which yeah. you know whatever, but it give a little bit back to the company that made you a star and that's my only wish for Hulk Hogan and I never got that, that impression from him watching his older stuff and again maybe again it was I full-heartedly I admit it's, it could be the young age it could be the, the, the not product of the time but regardless I, the only thing that I want out of Hogan now is to just show the respect to the business because money's great money you should always try to get as much money as, as you can trust me I know what it's like to struggle I know the importance of money but respect is so much more so much more because your legacy and Hogan's seeing it now is based off respect now about how much money you've made because you can have your, your millions and it doesn't mean shit if you're
0: sitting on it alone so maybe that's my piece of advice to the Hulkster yeah very me uh dark side paul where can people find more out about your masks and your company
3: before i plug i just want to let everybody know that matt has a naked picture of nia Jax over his tv <laughs> and it it's looks, looks like looks like it. a rhino taking a dump <laughs> But I'm sorry to prove that to you guys. I'll have some I'll put it on my Facebook page later. <laughs> oh shit, that's my wife. Holy cow. He's giving no, away uh, my standards. <laughs> no, uh, Dark Side Studio um, Dark Side is Studio. you can generally can go DSS Masks or you can go to Darkside Studio um dot com dot com or you can go on Facebook and you can just look up Dark Side Studio. That's what you'll find. You'll see my ugly face on there. I do live feeds once in a while and See me work
0: and, um, are, you on, are you on Twitter?
3: I am on Twitter, but I, I'm not. I don't really do Twitter much. I, I've got that Instagram thing, which is Darkside Paul. Okay.
0: Um,
3: you know, I'm not a big Darkside. side or I might Mighty? Is it Darkside Paul or is it DSS Masks? I don't know.
0: Where can people email you?
3: You can go to DSSmasks.com or dssmasks at yahoo I think it is. I don't know
4: what I'm
0: doing. <laughs> but that Nia Jax picture's got me bad, dude. I can't take that. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Uh, wrapping it up here, uh, you can you can find out uh, more information from Darkside Paul about his masks at darksidestudio.com or dssmasks.com. You can always find us, the 2020 by Ring Crew, over at 20x20crew.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash X20 Crew. You can find us on Twitter at 20X20 Crew. We're also on Instagram at 20X20 Crew. So for Matt, Mr. Wrestling 6, Dark Side Paul, and myself, we will
4: see you in the ring.